This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. Still haven't figured out why Frank Morano would choose this heavy metal song as his theme song since he's not part of the heavy metal bangers who used to be featured on MTV. No, no. That's how Frank Morano. In fact, uh, I'm going to give you an update on Frank Morano's uh, prognosis. Yeah, it's a prognosis because he's following in the footsteps of Pete Buttigieg, 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 who is our Secretary of Transportation, has totally abandoned his responsibilities to the nation with shortage delays, pipeline problems, skyrocketing inflation. He chooses to continue to milk this system to get that paternity leave money and be able to grow barnacles on his backside, right, and just sit at home. In this case, sitting on his knee, listening to talk radio. Boy, you better call child welfare a diaphus on this guy. He's actually having young Carmine, born on 9-11, remember, on November 25th of this year. He's actually having him listen to talk radio. This kid's going to be demented, tortured. It's sort of like uh, going to become like Linda Blair. He's going to be in need of an exorcism from listening to talk radio so early in his life. And to show you the problems that he's had adjusted, as you know, when he was brought into the world at Richmond County Hospital by a midwife, a 92-year-old nun on loan from Mount Laredo, in addition to the OBGNY, I have no idea what that acronym means, the nurse ratchet at Richmond County Hospital. He was 13 pounds. They had to deliver him. In a bathtub, poor Rachel, his wife, normal birth, natural birth. We're not talking cesarean. No, no, no. And so she's still recovering from that ordeal. Carmine, 10 days later, he's 16 pounds. I don't know what they're giving him. Devil dogs, yodels, who knows? And they have Frank Morano, the proud father, saying, yeah, my kid's listening to talk radio. He's learning English from Curtis Slewa. That is a major, major mistake. Oh, my God. What's the kid's name? C.W.M. Carmine William Morano. Oh, brother. But uh, I'm doing a solid for Frank. Uh, you know, John Katsimatidis, Marco Katsimatidis, our owner and operators here at WABC, uh, are always looking for new programming. So I'm figuring Frank, you know, brand new father, can't shut up his mouth about that. Uh, maybe we could have him do a series here like Bedtime for Bonzo. Remember who did Bedtime for Bonzo? Is anyone out there willing? They're not going to get it. This is the Frank Morano audience. I mean, come on. Bedtime for Bonzo, 1951. I mean, we could have, we could have Frank Morano read bedtime stories like he should be reading to Carmine instead of having him listen to talk radio WABC, always broadcasting Curtis. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then, by the way, who, who who starred in Bedtime for Bonzo? 
one of uh, Frank Morano's all-time favorite movies. Yeah, this is a talker. This is not a silent movie. This is actually a talker. And by the way, who was Bonzo? Notice, if this were in the first four hours, nine to one, the phones would have lit up. You already would have had winners of the Curtis Lee with booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell. I'm so cheap. I throw nickels around like manhole covers. I'll send you my belly button lamp. But there would have been a full board of callers who would have known this, nailed it. With Frank Morano listeners, they're like, huh, maybe we can Google it. What did he say? You know, it's sort of like have hearing difficulties. They might be in need of hearing aids. <laughs> a whole bunch of problems. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And let me tell you why we are out of sync here at WABC with the rest of the country. I blame Frank Morano and his uh, wife, Rachel. I blame uh, Andrew Giuliani, son of Michael Mbaricic, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and his wife, the uh, Lithuanian bombshell. Well, she's from Latvia or Estonia, I don't know. One of those three countries that no doubt Vladimir Putin wants to take over. When he sits down with Joe Biden, he'll probably shake him down for both Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. He'll say, yeah, I-, I won't take the Ukraine. I'll just take those three countries. But I divert. And actually, Greg Kelly, proud father of his second daughter, uh, and his wife has contributed to this. You know, unlike Derek Jeter, who is very humble, uh, a lot of humility, didn't say anything about the, the new daughter that he and his wife brought into the world. No, all three of these guys were like, you know, screaming it, loud decibels, wherever they could. Let me tell you how they are against the tide here in America. Let me give you the latest stats and why all three of them should not be as proud as they act. The number of U.S. homes with a married couple and kids fell to a record low, according to new Joe Biden governmental data. As the pandemic further delayed weddings and more adults don't plan to have kids at all, the share of the U.S. is 130 million households headed by married married parents with children under age 18 fell to 17.8% in 2021 from 18.6% last year, according to the Census Bureau, or just meant that more people were using birth control, which they should be. That's down from more than 40% in 1970. Wow, that's quite a drop. The absolute numbers, there are just 23.1 million homes with nuclear families, the fewest since 1959. Eisenhower, 59. That's right, the president was from Kansas. On the very day that Bob Dole from Kansas, who wanted to be president, did not get elected, was beat by Bill Clinton. I like that, that segue. See, I gave you two for one. With the Frank Morano audience, you got to give them something to get something. The pandemic delayed many marriages over the past two years, adding six months to a woman's age at first marriage, the most since 1987 to now, 28.6 years. In the 1950s and 60s, women typically married at 20 years of age. And 23 years for men. Look at it now. Look at how it skyrocketed. And what did our three guys decide to do? Bring babies into the world and overpopulate uh, the globe. Frank with Carmine. Uh, Andrew Giuliani with, uh, uh, who is that, Teach Out? Uh, whatever her name is. 
now running for the uh, attorney general slot of the state of New York. And then, of course, there's uh, Greg Kelly. I don't know what his uh, daughter's name will be, but there's three extra kids that we have now that, you know, it's not good for the globe, right? It's not going to help our greening process. They're going to end up using a lot of products, add to global warming, climate change. It's not going to be good. Births have generally been on the decline as Americans are marrying later in life, which has grown more pronounced in the pandemic, which means, I guess, why Joe Biden wants so many illegal aliens coming from south of the border, most of whom are no longer from Mexico or Central America. They're from parts unknown. A little editorializing there. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 1-800-848-9222. Look at it. Holy, wow. I don't know. What? What? Remedial training the Frank Morano listeners have had uh, in between this show and the last time I did it? Let's go to Todd in New York City. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Todd. Curtis, you're doing a fantastic job filling in for Frank. Anyway, uh, as soon as you mentioned bedtime for Bonzo, I knew it was Ronald Reagan. Oh, very good. Very good. You get the Curtis Sleeper Booby Prize. Uh, Hellcats of the Navy. Uh, with Nancy, uh, I think that was 1957. He did. Uh, hey, what? What? Uh, what? Uh, I, I didn't need an Encyclopedia Britannica of all the movies he was in. Todd asked for one movie, one movie alone. Do you think it's a good idea that I'm trying to convince uh, our owner operator and talk show host uh, in his own right, John Katsimatidis, to have Frank Morano uh, do? Uh, the bedtime hour for children. Read them children's stories on the radio, uh, which was a tradition years ago. I don't know if his uh, listeners are going to go for that, but uh, can't hurt to try. Well, let's face it. His listeners, who do you think has more of an IQ, babies, or do you think uh, his listeners? Come on. And by the way, a lot of them wear Depends, just like uh, babies wear diapers. I think uh, the babies. Yeah. You see, he agrees with me, Todd. Anyway, so everybody else is upset, upset, upset. Let's go to uh, Elaine from Riverdale. Psych! We already found out it's Ronald Reagan, right, Elaine? Hello, Curtis. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here, Elaine. You know, I just... I'm sorry. No, 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 you you don't have to apologize. You're a Frank Morano listener. Don't apologize. It's not your fault. By the way, um, I met you several years ago when you were across from me. I was at the Supreme Court. So wait a second now. I'm supposed to remember. I was was crossing the street. Uh, At what trial was that, Elaine? At the Gotti trial that you attended on a few occasions. Right. And you know that I was crossing the street uh, with the good and Frank Morano was hanging out with the Gottis with the bad. You didn't see you didn't see him, did you, Elaine? No, I didn't know about Frank in those days. This is back around two thousand six yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah, no, he was a guy he, he was a Gotti guy, I'm telling you, he was rooting for the Gottis, yeah. He's trying to All sh- right. You gave me some information tonight. You know, but I wanted to ask you, yes. did you ever find the egg cream you were on a hunt for many years before that? Uh, did I ever find, what was that, Elaine? 
the egg cream. You wanted to know what had happened to our famous egg creams in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cannon, Cannon Street, I asked that question the other night, and none of the Gavones of the Frank Morano show, the other side of Midnight, can answer that. Where is Cannon Street on the Lower East Side? That's where Meyer Lansky and Sheldon Silver used to go to get their egg creams and their um, rod pretzels, salted rod pretzels, you know, which was like considered a delicacy then, an egg cream and a salted rod pretzel. You remember that, Elaine, right? It's still a delicacy, but let me tell you something. I've been making my own for years. I know the recipe. So let me ask you a question. You call it an egg cream, but you don't put an egg in it. I mean, that's like... Absolutely. That's... That's trickery. That's chicanery. Why would you call it an yes. egg cream if there's no egg in it? Well, because when you pour in the soda, it foams up and it looks rich, like a beaten egg into it. No, no, I understand. You know Look, of course, you take the fizz, you take the fizz, or you take the seltzer, you put it in there with the U-Bets, uh, or I prefer the Bos- B- Bosco. I like the U-Bets. Mm-hmm. Right, you like the U-Bets. Okay, the Bosco or the Hershey's. Uh, and then you don't put an egg in, so you're actually saving money on your egg cream. You're really chipping the customer because you you convinced them they were getting an egg cream with an egg. You know how much eggs are now because of President Joe Biden and inflation? Do you know how much a dozen eggs are now, Elaine? Not quite, but I know you have to pursue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, Elaine uh, walked down memory lane. She remembered me, me walking out of the federal court in the Gotti trial, but she didn't see Frank Morano on the other side, who was walking arm in arm with uh, every female member of the Gotti family. I don't know. He was free. He was footloose and fancy free, a real Mama Luca at the time, so he wasn't married. Uh, he wasn't engaged. But God, my God. The Gotti girls, I glommed on to the guy. Why do you think that was, huh? Why, because he was demoneer? He was charming? No. They wanted information. He he was my producer at that time. That's when I was on in the mornings with Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie on WABC, always broadcasting Curtis. So they were like Mataharis. Yeah, he was showing him a shot of leg. He was getting all excited. He never saw a shot of leg before in his life. And all of a sudden, you know, he was spitting up information. Traditor Judas. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And I just don't get this. I'm just trying to figure this out. I went to the Tunnel to Tower Run dinner. Absolutely fabulous the other night at the Marriott Hotel. Uh, Frank Siller is the head of that great organization. We advertise heavily here, as we should be. It's a great, great organization. The Stephen Siller uh, Tunnel to Tower Run. I used to do the uh, warm-up speeches, you know, when the group would gather before they'd run through the u Carry Tunnel. Nobody calls it the u Carry Tunnel. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Hey, you know, who was it years ago uh, when all of a sudden... Oh, yeah, David Patterson was governor. He decided, oh, we're going to rename it the U-Carry Tunnel. Nobody calls it the U-Carry Tunnel. It's ridiculous. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. So I'd be at the start there. This is when runners first gathered up, and then we're going to run through the tunnel and simulate Stephen Siller, who uh, on that day had left work, was off, and then all of a sudden saw the flames 
sort of rising high in the sky from the World Trade Center and immediately drove to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, took his bunker pants and all of his gear, ran through the tunnel into the belly of the beast like so many of us other comrades. And unfortunately, they never even found any remnants of him, not even his DNA. Because so many uh, humans who were there, trapped there, or were running up the staircases to rescue people were smashed like smithereens. So I'm there, and it's interesting because a lot of people from Staten Island, a lot of people were civil servants, cops, firefighters, uh, in the National Guard, in the military, uh, all serving America, first responders. And they were like gripping my hands. You know, it's like the, the, the macho, maniacal guy. You know, they grip you, a vice-like grip. And they wouldn't let go because, you know, couldn't let go. People were watching. Who's going to let go first? Tommy there, who's like grimacing as he's holding on to my hand. Or Curtis, who only had one hand because my, my left elbow is still fractured. And it didn't matter to these guys. Just squeezing, squeezing. You know what it is to be a man's man. You can't let go. No, you can't let go. And I'm thinking, how many times did Frank Morano shake somebody's hands and, you know, they said, man, no calluses on his hand. This guy is soft. The only calluses are on his tuchus, his dupa, from sitting all the time and opining about things in the world. Oh, opining. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, we're going to be talking about so many things coming up until we get to the 5 o'clock hour. And then it's Debbie uh, Debbie Valentine who's going to be giving us the hour's worth of news. Got to find out because, you know, I'd be more than happy to do the news with my own slant, my own bias, my own misdirection, my own misinformation. I won't apologize, but I'll do it for the full hour and just continue on because I don't believe that news any longer is given to you straight. There's always a slant to the news, depending on where you're hearing it from, radio, TV, reading about it, online, social networking. Accept it. In foreign countries, you go to South America, you go to Europe, they're straight up. They say, this is a left-wing paper. This is a right-wing paper. This is a left-wing radio station, right-wing radio station, left-wing TV station, right-wing. But, oh, no, not in America. Oh, we're all fair and balanced. Bull feathers. Bull feathers. You think Frank Morano is fair and balanced? Please. He goes back to the Gutenberg press. I mean, he starts probably reading script. From the Gutenberg Press, because he wants the original copy. You know him. He's got to have that original copy in his hands. Can't have a reproduction. Can't have a Xerox copy. Oh, no, it's got to be the real deal, the real McCoy, the real legit. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Do I get to do the denunciations, denouncements, and declinations today? Is that part of the benchmarks? No, no. Well, what benchmark do I do now? The commendations? The opposite, the commendations. I have nobody, nobody to give commendations to. <laughs> Certainly not Frank Morano. Nobody to give commendations to. I'm a cra- I'm a, I'm a I'm a crabby crumb cake. Not a contrarian like Frank, but please. Well, who am I going to give commendations and salutations and greetings to? 
Joe Biden, who was telling us a story about the Six-Day War in Israel and how Golda Meir had summoned him from the University of Syracuse as a law student because she said, oh, my God, we're in the midst of the Six-Day War. We need the assistant of our friend in America, Joe Biden. And when he arrived, he sat right next to Rabin. Now, is that bull feathers or what? Golda Meir wasn't even the prime minister then. And some of you say, ah, he's a bit titched. He's all bots. First wave of dementia, whatever. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But you saw they double team and they raised the debt ceiling and deficit ceiling. And I think they're going to keep the government operating on our tax dollars, on borrowed time and borrowed money that our children, children's children and children's children's children are going to have to pay the vig on. Joe Biden signed it, the president, and it's sort of like this is how we survive. We survive on money that's being printed up by the Federal Reserve and recycled into the banks. Didn't learn about that until Steve Forbes was a guest on the uh, John Katsimatidis roundtable last week. Anyway, the national debt is clearly unsustainable. And if you look at Joe Biden's disastrous economic policies, a dollar short and a day late in his first year in office, it's made it even worse. So there's cause and effect. It causes inflation to skyrocket. And if your money is sitting in a traditional retirement account, it's getting eaten away right underneath your schnoz. Gold and precious metals offers a hedge against inflation and protects your retirement. If you have an existing retirement account, you got to roll it into a gold or silver IRA, not like a joint, into an IRA. And you should do so with legacy precious metals. In 2008, you remember, the economy imploded. They gave free money to the big boys on Wall Street who should have gone to jail. And you on Main Street, you got Ugats. You got, you got bupkis. You got money that you had to pay a big on. This is why gold should be a part of every wise investor's portfolio. Legacy is a company you can trust because they give you unbiased counsel based on your individual situation. Contact Legacy Precious Metals today. Call 866-932-0635. That's 866-932-0635. Or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. You're hearing things. You're hearing things. On 77 WABC. Frank Marano. 77 WABC. Oh, I hate Elvis Presley. I really, you know, just because he was a Shabbos Goy in Tupelo, Mississippi, and would light the burners for the Jewish merchant down the block who had the dry goods store, and then tear up, tear up, that's right, the toilet paper, because you weren't permitted to do that. So he would tear up the toilet paper for them. Just like uh, former Secretary of State General Colin Powell, who recently passed away, he was a Shabbos Goy in the South Bronx when he went to Morris High School. He would do exactly the same chores for observant Jews on Chabas. But I hate, I hate Elvis Presley. 
He had the Dixie Mafia, you know, all martial artists. I know them. I met many of them. I hate them all. So please don't play that song because I'll have an anger management issue right here. Come right behind it. It's going to choke the life out of you. Do I make myself clear? Crystal. No, 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 no. I don't have any crystal. No, no, no. I don't go that way. I don't collect crystal. I I, I don't uh, juggle crystals near Santa Fe, New Mexico, like Oprah and all her followers, you know, because they're new ages. They talk about a different age. I gave you all the bad news about modern-day couples here. They're having babies later. They're shacking up. They're living uh, common law. They're not getting hooked up. You know, my mother would say to me, do you love her? Do you love her? Francesca, she would say, do you love her? I'd say, yeah, my, I love her. Well, you got to do the right thing. You got to marry her. Oh, I can't blame my mother for that, but that's why I became a serial marrier. But anyway, I want to give tribute to the, the old age of radio where we didn't have people like Frank Morano or Andrew Giuliani or Craig Kelly busting their buttons and bridges with pride about bringing new babies into the world. I want to take you back to a time when I was listening to radio, talk radio. WMCA was the big talker in the 60s. And in mid-mornings, yeah, I like that harp. As I'm transported back on the time machine, it's the theater of the mind. I remember a jolly old Irishman there, Malachi McCourt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his uh, brother was a writer of great esteem. I think Malachi had a gin mill. Anyway, the point was, they'd oftentimes have on guests Jerry Stillen and Mara. I think they were married for like 60 years. You know, if you added up all of my marriages together, they wouldn't even approach like 30 years, never mind 60 years. This couple, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mara, were like married 60 years until, I think Ann, Ann Mara died first and then uh, Jerry. I, I may be uh, incorrect about that. And they both were birthed in Brooklyn, proving that like one out of every seven Americans has spent some time in Brooklyn. Not Queens, not the Bronx, not Manhattan, and certainly not Staten, Italy. But spend time in Brooklyn before they moved on. I think Ann uh, Mara moved to uh, Rockville Center. I don't know where Jerry Stiller went. Probably the Upper West Side. I could be. I stand to be corrected on that. But they got married when I was birthed, born, 1954. And I think they were on Ed Sullivan more times than Topo Gigio, the little Italian mice. I think so. I think, like... Uh, well, it's good luck for Jews, 18. So let's times it by two, 36. So 18 for Ann Mara, 18 for Jerry Stiller. That's 36. That's double the good luck. I think they were on 36 times with Ed Sullivan. Now, if you remember, uh, he recently passed on also. But Topo Gigio, I wonder how many times Topo Gigio, the little Italian mouse, was on. Because I remember, I remember as a kid. Remember there was the movie? Hey, Frank Morano is listening now. These are the movies you want to show your kids so you don't spoil his mind. Carmine, who's now 16 pounds after 10 days being in this world. You show him the magic world of Topo Gigio. I remember seeing that movie. 
And then there was the other movie, Topo Chicho and the Missile, which was about the Cold War in the 60s. You know, between JFK and Khrushchev, it was the predecessor to Failsafe with uh, with Henry Fonda and whoever it is that was playing Nikita Khrushchev. Yeah, Topo Chicho and the Missile. That's how I learned about the Cold War. And I would hope that Frank Morano would play the magic world of Topo Chicho. But does anybody out there know how many times the little Italian mouse Topo Chicho appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show? Because I believe the the combination of Stilla and Mara, 36 times, it's got to be a world record. I think Jackie Mason uh, maybe appeared six times, and then he got fired. I think Ed Sullivan threw him off the stage and told him, hey, don't even come back when Steve Colbert is on this stage. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mark in Garden City. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Marky Mark. Curtis, how are you? Well, I'm not supposed to ask you that. I'm sorry. I'll just say, hi, Curtis. You have to forgive me. I'm a Frank Morano listener, so, you know, no, I make mistakes good. like no, that. No, no, you're being honest. So, naturally, yeah. I'm not going to lecture you about the rules and regulations of talk radio callers. Uh, admitting that you are a frequent listener to Frank Morano means that you're special, Ed, so I, I forgive you. Well, I, I really appreciate that, Curtis. Curtis, you have any idea, you, you may not know, but do you have any idea why um, Frankie Russo is not on this weekend? Instead, we had Frank Morano reruns. No, no, no. It's uh, Frank Morano. You know, he's milking the paternity train. So I think uh, this is a way that they just extract more time from Frank Morano. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, let's go to Mike in uh, New Hyde Park. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mikey. Curtis, like... Look, I respect the work that you do and the things you've done in civil service, but when you use the term goy, this is my first point, that's just as offensive. I'm a Roman Catholic. That's just as offensive as me saying kike. You're completely, it's a bit bullyish. Now, wait a second. Hold on a second, Mike. What what about when... uh uh, when you're listening uh, to uh, Cousin Bruce, he calls everybody cousins, and he talks about Goya. I mean, uh, Goya is spelled G-O-Y, Goy, with an A, right? Fine. We can, we can get into the mindusia, but I'm just referring to that term. It's offensive. I, I would never. I have Jewish friends. I would never call them a kike or a heeb or whatever. So when you say it's equally offensive. Well, well, hold hold on a second. Um, uh, Let me, yeah, I wish I was part of a minion this morning when I get off. uh, I'll consult, you know, the rabbis. If I can participate in the minion, if I could read the Talmud and the Torah, is that uh, they call me Goy, Goyim, right? Is that offensive, ladies and gentlemen? Because I get called that a lot. Man, I'm in Borough Park, and a lot of the uh, Booker boys, they'll say, oh, the Goya's here, the Goya in the Red Beret. Is that, is that a bad word? Or I'm in Kew Gardens in Queens or Riverdale in the Bronx, or I'm in Flatbush or Midwood, or I'm up there in Williamsburg or Crown Heights. 
Yeah, I still couldn't believe Crown Heights, uh, the Lubavitches, went with Eric Adams. Not me. Did you forget about what I did 30 years ago with the Guardian Angel? Of course they forgot about it. And I get called Goy there, too. And I truly believe that that's how Goya came about. The product, think of it, Goy, G-O-Y, and then they attached an A to it. That's how you have the worldwide famous product known as Goya Beans and other Goya products. Should we take offense that the name of the company in Secaucus, New Jersey, with their international headquarters and warehouse, is called Goy? Uh? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Oh, and here's Laura, who's still on the line. Oh, you have the answer to uh, bedtime for Bonzo, Laura. Hi. Hi. Yes, yes, yes. Frank Morano yes. listening. Yes, hello, hello. Hi. It's Ronald Reagan, our greatest, one of our greatest presidents. And I enjoy listening to you when I do Frank Morano. So I wish his wife would have more ABC to stay on the line. And then, uh, Laura, you do realize we got the answer like a half hour ago. You do know, know that. that. But I want to get my two cents in it. Well, you, you got your two cents plain in. There's no doubt about it. But we already got the answer, Laura. You know, you're I cheating. Know that I enjoy you better than... Wait, 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 wait. Laura, you're cheating. Because we already got the answer. And the fact that we got the answer and you waited a half hour later like I'm some kind of schmuck or putz and I wouldn't realize you're trying to double dip. You see, Laura's trying to double dip. We asked for who appeared in bedtime for Bonzo. And the other question I asked that has not been answered is what was the monkey's name in bedtime for Bonzo? You think Laura would have known that? No, she's listening now so she could steal the answer and then maybe call back in an hour and think we're all stung God. Like, uh, we're not going to know? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Diane in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Diane. Okay, hi. Okay, Goy is, well... It's it's not really an offensive term. It stands for goyim, which means greater, the greater amount. I mean, there are very few Jews in the world relative to Christians, right, or any any other type of religion. That's for sure. So, so goy is just a shorten of gadolim, or it it just means that you're the majority. It, it does, that's all. I mean, you know, of course, you could be offended by it because it does connotate that, that there's a difference. And if you're, you know, if that will offend you, whatever. So yeah. well, how about this, jo- uh, uh, means, Diane? It just means, yeah. How about we change the G for Goy to J for Joy? <laughs> Take, right? Hey, there Fine. goes the joy. There goes the joy. <laughs> That's funny. There you go. There you go. Although it wasn't, it wasn't a joy so many times, like in the Inquisition and all that. Oh, and you know, you know. Wait a second. Now that you bring up the Inquisition of Queen oh, yeah. Isabella and King mm-hmm. Ferdinand, where right. it was either convert or off with your head if you're a Jew. Well, actually, they burned you off. Uh, they burned people at the stake. Or they would, like, uh, the, the people would run into a, a building, and then they would, like, keep them and lock them up in there and, and burn the building down. You know, no, you're absolutely right. But that. the ones who decided to convert, 
Do you know what they were called? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, a lot of them, well, it was a superficial uh, conversion because there were secret Jews. There were, uh, oh, God, I know it. Wait a second. Having a senior moment. Um, well, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, Moranos. That's right, Moranos. So Moranos. that's how Frank Morano's family came about. <laughs> were you aware of that? Actually, I had asked him that one time, and he said that there was no connection. Oh, he's lying. Him and- he's lying. <laughs> he's a prevaricator. Let me tell you about this story, because I had a long conversation with his dad, uh, who uh, at one time was in the insurance, the health insurance business. And so I was saying, not for nothing. Is your family originally, you know, were they closer to Madrid or Barcelona? Because, you know, Caldonia, I was, I was sort of like, maybe they were Bosques. So I figured I would, without being very direct, I would just be sort of directional in terms of geography. And he slipped for a moment. He said, oh, yeah, we were up near the Bosque area. I said, oh, okay. And then I said, is that why your last name is Morano? Is that originally you had Briss's? Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they were able to find you out by dropping your drawers that you were, in fact, a, a Jew. And rather than uh, get executed in the Inquisition or being forced to go out with Christopher Columbus on the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa or the Maria going west to find Asia, China, uh, you converted and you, you became a Murano. And he wouldn't answer that question. So which indicates to me, Diane, that that's how that part of the Morano family came about. Well, actually, um, the Moranos, they couldn't teach their children anything about the religion because it would be too easy for a child to, you know, to expose uh, what he was. So uh, they say that in Argentina, uh, there are a lot of uh, Catholic uh, uh, women who put out on Friday nights, they'll put out a um, a white tablecloth and light candles, and they don't know why they did it except their mothers did it and their mother's mother did it, and it goes back, back, back. So, you know, they're, they're you know, probably Jewish and don't know, even know just, it. Just to let you know, that's what Frank's mother did for years. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, Too Diane. His, his mother would do that for years. And never seemed to understand why, because it wasn't part of the Roman Catholic tradition. So you see... So he's not a goy. No. No, he's not a goy. He, he in fact, was born of a Jewish mother. He won't acknowledge that because, you know, out in Staten Island, everyone's Italian or Roman Catholic. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the Pope and they start to bow and curtsy in the streets. So he doesn't, he doesn't want to be on the outside looking in. He doesn't want to move over to the Willowbrook section, which is where most of the Jewish community lives on Staten Island. So he is the complete definition of a Murano. <laughs> you too much. Oh, by the way, I voted for you. Uh, why didn't you vote twice, three times, or four times? I might be mayor now. I know, I know. Oh, my uh, God. But uh, uh, It's quite all right. I got to think about that now. And my own wife, Nancy, didn't vote for me. Today, we, we talked to her. She voted for Gizmo Sliwa. Write in ballot. She wrote Gizmo Sliwa. Nobody would have written Sliwa. That was the telltale mark, the telltale proof that when she voted, the same moment I voted, 
when they prevented Gizmo from coming in. So while I was distracted because I was arguing with the Board of Elections, those corrupt, inefficient, incompetent persons, both Democrats and Republicans, she knew that I had shade on my face at that moment, so I was busy. So what did she do? She wrote in Gizmo Sliwa. That's what I got to deal with in my house. Let's go to uh, Josh in Rockland County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Josh. Yeah, goy is not an offensive thing. It depends what you say before and after. Goy means a nation. Goy means a lot of nations. And we usually we use it because goy means someone strange. But if you say you're a nice goy, then it's good. But if you say you're a bad goy, it's not like the word itself is something offensive or or anything like that. So that guy was calling up before he was pulling my chain, right? He he was doing some Yiddish stick, probably, are you? Yeah, Yiddish stick. I like that. Now, uh, Josh, you as a um, a Jewish man of intelligence uh, and integrity, uh, one of the few who would actually listen to Frank Morano, because you gotta you don't have to be Mensa to listen to the Frank Morano show. But you do know that his name is derived from those who would give in during the Inquisition to Queen Isabella and Ferdinand, uh, King Ferdinand's troops, as opposed to going to Hashem's side without becoming Utraditor. He decided to convert. I actually thought about it yesterday about his name, and then I thought, you know what? He still does that. He goes a little bit, he gives in to the left also, so he probably has it in the family, genes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who who is he, really, seriously? Who is he? He's all over the map. He's a Morano. <laughs> I call him a moron, but if you want to add the O, he's a Morano. And he was spotted. He was spotted. I told you he's milking this paternity train for all the money he can get. He was spotted of all places, the real dive, the Golden Nugget Casino in Atlantic City on Saturday. The Golden Nugget. Isn't that near the marina? And, I mean, he was there, right? Oh, my God. It's playing Texas Hold'em. And he was losing. He lost his BVDs. Then he goes to the roulette wheel, loses there, and then he's playing craps with all the money he's getting for milking the paternity system that should never exist because his hero is Boudicier, 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 Boudicier. Tonight, I'm delighted, and I know you're delighted, to welcome Topo Gigio back from Italy to New York City. So let's have a nice welcome for a little Topo. Welcome back. Welcome Daddy, back, Topo. I haven't seen you in such a long, long time, oh. <laughs> Eddie. Yeah? <laughs> Quick, kiss me hello. <laughs> Topo, what? I want to ask you a question. What's all the stuff around here? Um, oh, see, I'm making a picture album. Oh. Guess who? <laughs> now, that was the great Topo Chicho. I believe he had more appearances on the Ed Sullivan Show than even uh, Stella and Mara. Yes, Jerry Stella and Ann Mara. I think they had 36 appearances. Remember, 18 times 2 is 36, the double lucky number. 
But from what province, from what provincia did Topo Chicho come from? Did he come from Siciliano? Was he a zip or a cheech from Sicily? Uh, did he come from uh, Naples and a Palitano and become a hairstylist? Uh, was he Calabrese with a hard head? Was he from Bari uh, with ice in his pockets? Was he from Roma or was he uh, uh, up north, you know, from Triste and Trent and all full of himself, claiming, oh, I'm not really Italian, I'm Austrian, I'm Hungarian. Yeah, sure you are. Let's go to the phones. It's Norman from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Norman. Hi, Curtis. As the last Jew in Canarsie, I would like to expound upon upon the usage of the term goy. Uh, in my little tribal uh, uh, neighborhood here, as you know, uh, the neighborhood at one time was uh, about 50% Italian and uh, 50% Jewish, with a smattering of others. Um, the, my parents, for example, would not use the term goy for your mother, for example. That for your mother, they would use the term, who was Italian, they would use the term lux or luxion for plural because lux meant noodles. Okay? So my next door neighbor, the Soleros, my father would say, oh, the luxion that lived next door. Goy was used for the others, i.e., the smattering of Irish, Germans, Polish uh, that were in Canarsie. Oh, let's not forget uh, the, the Dutch. Uh, the Dutch reformed the few remaining relatives oh, of Peter Stuyvesant. Those people, yeah, they, they were there were very few of those. <laughs> I mean, those people, whatever, they made their fortunes and moved to Manhattan by the time, whatever. I didn't know many. I didn't know any, uh, you know, Van Dams or anything in my neighborhood. But, but you said what? noodles. Uh, my mother, on yeah, occasion, would buy Muller's noodles, which was considered udiscraziata in an Italian family. You know, it was either Ranzoni or Butoni. But yeah. maybe, maybe that's why, because... Uh, well, here's, a, here's the deal. The Italians were considered Catholic Jews. Seriously, they were, they were, they were very inclusive. Like, we, we didn't really consider you guys foreign, Okay. We just sort of, you know, because you guys, we all came over around the same time, you know, late night, you know, whatever, late 19th century. Uh, we kind of all lived together. We didn't really have many problems with each other. No, Italians you know? and Jews always got along. We both hated the yeah. Irish. We both hated the Irish. Right, right. And the Irish were, in Canarsie anyway, were like the outsiders, you know, like they were the Goyim. They were the outsiders. They were the cops. I mean, I, I was friends with everybody. Yeah, they were the but, cops. You know, I mean, at least... That you know that that that's the way I saw it. My my mother would never refer to a Italian as a goy. They would they would eruption. I mean they were different. You know they you know they didn't uh, they they weren't Jews, but they were a little closer. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. No. No. No doubt. Italians and Jews they had so many similar characteristics. For instance, right. You couldn't leave an Italian household or a Jewish household without the booby or zeta. Uh, filling up your paper bag with all kinds of food and goodies and c always sitting down and saying, eat more, eat more, eat more. Right. In the Irish families or the Wasp families, they would say, oh, you're no. eating too much. You're pigging out. Don't make a right. pig out and, of yourself. And your lives were also not with guilt. Guilt was a oh, large part of oh, the manipulation of the Italian home and yes. the Eastern European Jewish home. Yes, a lot of guilt. Oh, my God. That's why yeah, I got yeah, married yeah, yeah. so many times. My mother, Francesca, would say, do you love her, Curtis? And I said, yes. Well, then you have to do the right thing. you got to marry them. 
you know, I fell out of love with them two days later, but I felt like I couldn't lie to my mother, right? My booby, my Zeta, you can't do that. Norman, he brings back those old days. Anyway, I asked the uh, Curtis Lee with Booby Prize. Don't ask, don't tell, because we throw nickels around like manhole covers. And if you're lucky enough to win, you get my belly button lint sent to you in a WABC hermetically sealed envelope. Um, the question was, how many times did Topo Gigio, the Italian, the little Italian Miles, appear on Ed Sullivan? Let's see, his, uh, what is that, Fag, Fig, uh, Fog, uh, whatever, uh, has to say in Brooklyn. What's your name? FBIG, I met you at the Pomegranates when you were running for mayor in front of the uh, supermarket. And I'm calling in behalf to tell you that Topo Gigi showed up more than 50 times at the Ed Sullivan show. More than 50 times? And then Jackie Mason, what, he showed up six times and then Ed Sullivan banned him from uh, Ed Sullivan, right? Yeah, somewhat like that. That's what you said. Wow. Over 50 times, little Topo Gigi. That's right. Uh, and I'm telling you, there, there are movies, two movies, I think it is imperative that Frank Morano introduce uh, Young Carmine in. And by the way, uh, Young Carmine went from 13 pounds to 16 pounds in just 10 days. That's a lot of uh, pomegranate be, there. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of sugar. He has to watch that diet. Yeah, I'm telling you. But uh, this is amazing. This is amazing because there were two, count them, two movies. That little Topo Gigio was in one Topo Gigio versus the missiles because it was right in the midst, uh, midst of the uh, Cold War crisis between the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, who had taken his shoe off in the General Assembly at the U.N. and was pounding on the table. We will bury you. We will bury you. And who went to war against Nikita Khrushchev? It was Rocket J, Squirrel and Bullwinkle. Yes. And remember, who is the evil one? The Soviet, Boris, and Natasha. Oh, we learned about that from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Hey, Curtis, I actually have some interesting uh, stats here. I found out who was the most frequent guest on the Edge Sullivan show was. Well, we know it wasn't, it wasn't Jackie Mason. He no, got booted off. No, only one person, only one performer beat Topo Gigio in appearances. Who the hell was that? The comedy team of Wayne and Schuster. They were on the Ed Sullivan show 58 times. Topo Gigio appeared exactly 50 times. No, no, wait. You, Wayne and Schuster? Wayne and Schuster. God, that's the kind of comedy that Frank Morano would like. Corny. <laughs> Corny, like hee-haw comedy. Hee-haw <laughs> comedy, that's right. Hell yeah, that hillbilly comedy. You know, Frank could probably get a good belly laugh out of that. Well, you had to appeal to the hillbillies because that was like part of the country, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon line where they kept flying the stars and bars, the flag of treason, the Johnny Reb flag. You know, you got to appease, you know, the southerners there. You know, the Jerry Lee Lewis, great balls of fire. Oh, that's right. We're getting married at 13. Well, Elvis, too. Yeah, snacking on the little ones. That's why I hate Elvis. I really do. Please, don't be playing that Elvis Jingle Bell stuff any longer. And it's Memphis Mafia there. Up next, though, talked about the IRS and how President Joe Biden and the Democrats wanted to hire all those IRS agents to extract moolah shmoolah, shekels, shimoles from you. 
Well, I'm going to play you some cuts, a blast from the past of how people used to get paralyzed by the mere mentioning that the IRS might want to audit you. And you know the whales are protected, the uber-rich, but not the middle class and the lower middle class. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. Is it Mariano Rivera coming out of the bullpen or Wagner? Wagner. This don't get this song, man. You know what? I want to give. Uh, I want. I want you to come in with a different theme for him. We are an American band. We are an American band. I mean, that's you want to be heavy metal, original heavy metal. You, you got to come up with that song the next the next time we we come back, please. Absolutely, we have it. We'll do it because that should be Frank Morano's theme song. It really should because this guy is so hackneyed. He's so old school. He's like goes back to the time when they. They first invented the phonograph, the first vinyl. You know what kind of music Frank really loves? He plays it on the show. We get a big kick out of it. He loves bluegrass music. Yeah, because he's, he's like a hillbilly. He loves hillbillies. <laughs> he lives on the south shore of Staten Island. That's what lives there, hillbillies. I'm telling you. Trust me, I want Staten Island. I know who voted for me there, the hillbillies. But let's talk about whether you are rich Wealthy, middle class, lower middle class, hillbilly, Yankee, it doesn't matter. You just mentioned the IRS and people cringe, especially if you get that letter in which they say they want you to come in because they want to audit you. You know, this isn't like uh, Scientology, you know, wanting to audit you. And then all of a sudden wanting you to pay tens of thousands of dollars to go through all the different levels of Scientology so that one day you too could be Tom Cruise. No. Or John Travolta. No. We're talking about an audit by the IRS. It sends chills. Not of joy. Not of knockus. But of source of grief. Democrats have decided they want to dramatically expand the size and power of the IRS. In fact, they want to create an IRS that will excessively audit, harass, and intrude into the lives of not the rich and the wealthy, the whales. They're protected. They have a phalanx of accountants and lawyers. They're going to find every tax shelter they can be paid to find. It's going to be you, the middle class, the upper middle class, the lower middle class who get screwed. The Democrats want to spend $80 billion in funding over the next decade and deploy 80, is this correct, 87,000 new IRS agents and auditors? $45 billion of the new funding is devoted to enforcement, 23 times greater than funding devoted to taxpayer services like pre-filing assistance and education. Nothing. 
Filing and account services, nothing. And taxpayer advocacy service, nothing. Forget H&R Block. You're on your own. Do it turbo. What is that, turbo tax? I want to take you back in the time machine. I've been taking you back in the time machine to probably what was the greatest TV program of all time. Without a doubt. The Honeymooners. Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, and their wives... Jane Meadows, I think it was. Audrey Meadows. Audrey Meadows. Jane and Meadows, uh, Joyce Randolph. Joyce Randolph. Yeah, you would know that, you young Huckleberry. You're probably as old a curmudgeon as Frank Morano himself. And what neighborhood did they live in? Uh, they lived in uh, Brooklyn on Chauncey Street, if I'm... Oh, well, very good. Wow. Something in the air here with Frank Morano's staff. God. Anything new hip happening? I don't know. I watch the Honeymooner reruns every night. But anyway, you want to know what fear of the IRS is? Because back in the 50s, let's face it, people were not making much money at all. So um, an audit by the IRS might mean like, what, 40 bucks you got to pay? And that was considered a lot of money back then. Let's go to Jackie Gleason and Art Carney talking about... How Jackie Gleason desperately needs his whole deduction. Listen, Ralph, probably the only thing you did was deduct something that you shouldn't have. So now you have to pay tax on that deduction. They're just going to take the money out of your refund. Oh, is that all they're going to do? They're just going to take it out of my refund. It so happens, Alice, that I was planning on that refund in its entirety. I need all of the refund, all $42. I can't afford to let any of the 42 go. Why, because he wanted to go on a fishing trip. Alice wasn't all that thrilled because they would have a poop tent out there. And she was wondering, gee, if you pay more money, do you get a larger snake in your poop tent than the smaller snake we had last year? Classic. Then talking about what the biggest fear that most Americans have. And it's not January 6th and the investigation going up in the halls of Congress. No, 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 no. It's an investigation by the I.R. Can't you realize I'm in serious trouble? The government is investigating me. Oh, they're investigating. What are you getting excited about? Be calm. Will you be calm? And then all of a sudden, Norton, Ed Norton from the Fight Club, right? Ed Norton, right? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, The sanitation engineer, Norton, right, right. Not Ed Norton, who punched himself into that trophy glass. One of the great movies. Who was that with Pretty Boy? Pretty Boy. Uh, he was married to uh, Mother Mother Earth uh, with her 52 children there. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. From nowhere, Missouri. He's out there where Tony Orlando does his program from. That's where he's from. But anyway, I, I, I divert. So all of a sudden, Norton is not all that consoling to uh, Jackie Gleason, who thinks he's going to get jammed up for white-collar crime and maybe be in the federal pen. Do you realize how serious this is? They're investigating me. Ralph, being investigated is not the end of the world. You are not the first person who was ever investigated. You're darn right. The jails are full of them. All right. <laughs> Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Admit, isn't that the way you feel? Whenever you get an advisory, you know the letter from the IRS, and it's not a refund check, but it's got a lot of that uh, 
governmental mumbo-jumbo language that scares you, thinking, oh, my God, they're going to audit me. 1-800-848-WABC. And I know that some of you have had experiences with an IRS agent in which you had to account for every nickel, dime, and penny you had, and you degenerate gamblers. You had to account for all your winnings. So they wouldn't let you deduct your losings. No, you're a sucker. You lose the money. You don't get to deduct them. But your winnings? Oh, no, no, no. You're going to pay full taxes on that, pal. Anyway, a uh, good night's sleep was certainly not going to solve Ralph Cramden's uh, jitters about having to appear at the IRS. Whatever it is you did wrong, Ralph, you'll find out tomorrow. And losing a night's sleep is not going to help the matter any. Oh, I suppose getting a night's sleep is going to fix everything up fine. Sure, I'll go down there tomorrow and they'll say, Mr. Cramden, did you get a good night's sleep? And I'll say, sure. He says, well, that's fine. Let's call off the whole investigation. They're not interested in sleep. Their job is taxes. They're not going to send me to jail for insomnia. They're not going to send you to jail, Ralph. Oh, listen to Chief Justice Alice Cramden. Ah, there were no female chief justices uh, then, were there? But you see, they were ahead of their time on Chauncey Street. And then he was... It was Jackie Gleason. You know, they have a statue of Jackie Gleason in front of the bus terminal, uh, the uh, MTA money-taking Asian bus uh, agency bus terminal in Sunset Park. And they got a statue of Jackie Gleason in front of the Port Authority where all the guys are shooting up every day. You know, they're trying to find a vein in their neck, and they're leaning right up to Jackie Gleason, right next to the Port Authority on 42nd off of 8th Avenue, across from the old great lady, the New York Times. 1-800-848-9222. And then here was Ralph Crandon reading the voluminous tax code that all Americans are under submission to. Here it is. What? Penalty for failing to report income. All persons are required under this title to pay an estimated tax or tax or are required by this title or by regulations made under authority thereof to make a return other than a return required under authority of section 6015 or section 6016 keep any records or supply any information and who willfully fails to pay such estimated tax or tax make such return keep such records or supply such information boy ralph it sounds like you are in trouble Trouble? I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what am I? It's all legalese. Those liars for hire. They use all those fancy five-dollar words, those multi-syllabic words, so that only they, they have their own little private club. You don't even understand what's going on. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then finally... Norton uh, comes up with an excuse mechanism for Jackie Gleason. If in case they want to throw the IRS rule book at him. Are you nuts or something? Stand on the 18th Amendment? You mean stand on the 5th Amendment? The 18th Amendment was for prohibition. Well, that's just what I mean. Tell him you were drunk when you made out your tax. And to the phones we go. Let's go to Frankie Boy in Pelham Bay. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frankie Boy. Hey, Curtis. 
Last time I saw you, uh, you were with uh, Jet Set Juliet. It was a, a remote luncheon on the west side. I forget the name of the Italian restaurant. Very good. I had a great time. Anyway, concerning the, uh, the Memphis Mafia, the only one left today is Jerry Schilling. The rest of them are all gone. Gone. But uh, thank God we're still here. Now, you know, they used to be the henchmen for Elvis Presley. They'd go out and bend legs and stuff them into people's pockets. <laughs> yeah, that happened. All right, bud. No, Have no. I appreciate it. Hey, see, Frank, he truncated. It was short, sweet, to the point. Unlike typical Frank Morano callers who go on and on and nauseam, they like to hear themselves talk. They say nothing about nothing. But Frankie Boy was right to the point. Thank you, Frankie. Anyway, let's go to Bill calling from Huntington. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Billy. Hey, Curtis, you're saying that, that Murano means the same thing as converso? Yeah, in a way. The converted Jews? Yeah, yeah. yeah then then you, you have it backwards because the Spanish Inquisition, they wanted to burn the, the converted Jews because they called them heretics because they said... They secretly were practicing Jewish rituals. You see, Bill, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong, Bill. Well, what schools did you go to, Bill? This will be my inquisition of you. What high school did you go to, Bill? Uh, well, Walt Whitman High School. Oh, wow. And then I went to... That was, uh, that was a real elite high school, wasn't it? Walt Whitman, that sounds like a vocational high school. No, it's down the street from my house. Yeah, oh, oh, so you walked one block. Wow, that was that was heavy lifting, right? What did you carry? Any books? Look at this. this is a typical Morano caller? You 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 face you deal with them with facts. You know, like he comes up with all this. Oh well, no, they were burned at the stake, like Joan of Arc, right? Yeah, he's been watching too many Joan of Arc reruns. And all of a sudden, oh, because they were secretly practicing their Jewish rituals, blah, blah, blah. That's why they were burned at the stake. Then I asked him for his documentary evidence, right? Nothing. I said, well, high school did you go to, pal? He hesitated. Walt Whitman. That's eh, probably a vocational high school, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But he couldn't even man up and admit that. He had to admit like a real Mama Luke. It was only a block away from his house. Can you imagine this guy? We've miles in the snow to- Exactly. One block. My God. And you know, he wasn't carrying a loose leaf book, that's for sure. Our number is 1 800 848 9222. That's 1 800 848 WABC. Let's go to Steve in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. So, uh, so I was born in 1954, Curtis, and, um, and I, uh, I've been a long time listener and, um, to you. I mean, well, I'm glad you're back. I mean, so anyway, there's a special on about you on television right now. It's called uh, the, the Curtis Lewis story. And the, the, it's an hour and a half of good stuff. Oh, they're like half over, though, because they put me on hold forever. Wait, wait a sec, Steve. Uh, let me. Hey, guys, why don't you take over the show? I want, I want to see myself because I've probably seen this documentary like 50 times. Steve, it's exciting, isn't it? 
you uh, it says here how Lisa took a, uh, took over after two years, and 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 made you uh, go in the bramble to uh, to uh, to dress up, and um, and that you were thugs and vigilantes. Ed Koch hated you. You were known as the Rock long before what's his name, and um, yeah, see, you're correct, you Rocky Stallone, right before Rock, Rock Bottom, before uh, Dwayne well, Johnson. McMahon's rock, you know, that rock. Yes, yes, exactly. Dwayne Johnson, right? So you knew The Clash, and you sang on Train in Vain. Yeah, The Clash, Red Angel Dragon, was done by The Clash in honor of the Guardian Angels. They used to sit in the Lower East Side on St. Mark's and Avenue A at some of those cafes, and they would write their music, and they saw us going back and forth patrolling, and they wrote that in tribute to the Guardian Angels. Well, there you go. Now, I don't have a song, but I uh, you uh, passed me on the train once. Oh, once. Do you remember what 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 month, what day, what year that was, Steve? No, I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at your men. Uh, the uh, you had like eight, seven guys with you, and um, I thought you were cruising the train. But that was me, you know. That, no, that, I understand. Do you remember which train it was? Was it a number train or a letter train? Oh, it was the, but it was the number two, which was mentioned on this uh, on this thing. You said that the number two was uh, the special train. It was the beast. The beast. The the number four train was the Muggers Express. The number two train was the beast. You are extraordinarily cogent, Steve. You were yes, able to multitask. You can't be a, a Frank Morano listener. You're watching the Curtis Lee with documentary. Well, Simon is gone. Summers, Summers is gone. So you know they have these they have, they have women on the radio all the time now. So now I listen to Frank Morano. Yeah, no, I, 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 I understand I, it. You, you know, there's a flying saucer right by my window right now, Curtis. You don't want to. I I rode the two train. I'm the same. I'm I'm 67 years old, and I rode the train, the two train, probably according to this special. When you made the two train safe for me, but before that too, I went to Spelman in '72, and um, I won't tell you who I knew at Spelman. But uh, anyway, the thing is. Uh, I think my cogency is melting. Now you didn't. Um, uh, you didn't know Cardinal Spellman, did you? No, he was a wax thing by the time I got there, and gotcha. he, he had his room. He had a room, and uh, it was no. It was somehow notorious, but the Irish guys would never explain why. Well, come on, man! Don't you know the story of Cardinal Spellman? Well, you know, I think it's uh, well. Um, hey, there was a swinging soiree going on. Cardinal Spellman and J. Edgar Hoover. You know, they they had this, they had this. Uh, what do we call it? a proclivity to wear dresses? He, um, he, they had a, like a lotto or something, or what do they call bingo or, or, or uh, um, games in the club. yeah. No, no, you you'd be riding around, right, singing B I N G O B I N G O B I N G O, and bingo was his name. You know, um, you, you 
See, he's still talking. He has, this guy, it's a Frank Morano listener. He went to Cardinal Spellman High School up in the Bronx. He had to run for his life because, you know, that was right near Edgemere. No, no, not Edgemere. That's the Rockaways. You see, you got me confused. Gun Hill Road. Edenwall, the projects there where the precinct is. If you went to Spelman, you had to run for your life, right? I bet you there are some Spelman graduates out there probably a month or Sundays ago. Had to run through your for your life through Edenwall, right? That guy's probably still talking. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Who sings this? Bobby Helms. You know what? Why don't you uh, file this in the round filing cabinet? You know, wherever you keep your musical arrangements uh, for Xmas, Christmas, whatever you call it, the holidays. So lame. So, like, totally not with it. So not hip. So not happening. So Frank Morano. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Jimmy, who's calling from New Hampshire, the Granite State, live free or die and all that stuff. Your turn to be heard, Jim. Curtis, I thought you were a law enforcement guy. The IRS has been so understaffed for years. I'm a 34-year veteran. I just retired. We can't go after people that are already known tax cheats. We just let them go. Billions of dollars go out the door. Nobody's out to harass the average uh, bus driver. We just want to go out and collect from people that are already delinquents. You do realize that many Americans, not all Americans, uh, perceive of you as being snoops. We're not. We have very, very strict rules about what we're able to access, the, the type of data we're allowed to collect. And if you violate that, you get fired or go to jail. We get cases that are assigned to us through a system of identifying tax cheats. That's it. Nobody's going after Ralph Cramden. Nobody cares. We don't have the resources. I, I, I was a manager. I had 22 people working for me. When I retired, I had six. We just let people go all the time. We need more people. Now, how come the wealthy, the whales, the super rich, the uber rich, the one percenters, they're able to hire a phalanx of accountants and liars for hire that protect yeah, that, them, right? That, those are the laws. Change the laws. Get rid of the loopholes or whatever. But And the rich pay their fair share, believe me. They just but, they but question, better. Right, right. But question, Jim, when you were on to uh, a whale, uh, an uber-rich person, what kind of tricks would they use to try to throw you off the trail? Oh, they put their money off offshore. They put it in bogus trusts. They set up LLCs. Um, uh, there, there are a million ways. 
Of course they dodge, but that's why we need more people to investigate things like that. What does it require for you to be found uh, guilty of breaking those IRS rules that Ralph Cramden was reading about in order to earn jail time? What what do you really have to do when uh, violating the IRS rules and regulations to land yourself in federal jail? Well, that's that's the first thing. You have to be a high-profile we target people that we think that the United States attorney will go after because it'll have what's called jury appeal. We want to make examples out of these people. Um, we wouldn't put Ralph Cramden in jail because it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have public appeal. I, I mean, it, it, nobody, who do you know, Curtis, who's gone to jail for tax evasion? Do you know anybody? Yeah, I do. I came from Canarsie. It was like in their blood. They didn't pay taxes, these wise guys, Jim. Okay, well, were were the wise guys actually criminals, or were they just bus drivers who didn't report $40? No, you know what would happen, Jim. Uh, You would have an organized crime investigation by the FBI back then. It was called Forever Busting Italians. So they couldn't get them on the murder, the extortion, the racketeering, the arson. But, you know, it goes back to how they got Al Capone, tax, a tax rap. So what's wrong with that, Curtis? Oh, no, I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't. I don't. But now let's take my grandfather uh, who couldn't read, who couldn't write, who was from Bari, Italy. Uh, who would hide all of his money in the Medallia d'Oro can and bury it next to the fig tree. And I would say, Pops, why are you hiding your money there? He said, the IRS is coming for you. You see what they did to Capone? You see? Curtis, 34 years on the job, I never did anything like that. We go after people that we know aren't paying their fair share, as the Democrats love to say love to say. Now, when you would actually find, get the goods on them, and they were cold busted, and you had all the evidence, uh, what would they have to forfeit or give up in order to make amends if they weren't being sent to jail? They'd have to pay whatever they, were, they can pay. We, we would seize real estate, we'd seize bank accounts, we, whatever we would find. File liens, um, we garnish wages, whatever it takes. You got to pay your fair share if you're stone cold busted. But if you're stone cold busted, it's because you've broken the law. You don't want the tax laws. Don't have them. That's all, all well and good. But if you have the laws, you need the people to enforce them. Okay, so let me ask you on behalf of Frank Morano's, who this program is. Uh, if you know anything about Frank, uh, Jim, he is a degenerate gambler of the worst type. Uh, gambles away money that he does not even have, does not have access to. He was just seen at the Golden Nugget on Saturday. You know, he's milking this paternity train like Boudicier because he just had a new kid. And, and he is a perpetual loser. I mean, the guy can't win at craps, blackjack, Texas Hold'em. <laughs> You name it. Does he? What does he have to declare as a gambler? Well, I, 
I forget the dollar amount, but they'll give him a 1099 at the casino when he cashes in for, I don't know, probably over a thousand. And well, I guess, yeah. I guess, Jim, he would never have to worry about that because he's always a loser. <laughs> Can he? No, he's he's lost a lot of money. Can he write off losses, or it's just just tough nuggets? You can you can you can write off your losses up to the amount of your winnings. Oh, but since he's never won at these games of chance, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh-uh. unless he declares himself a professional gambler, and that, that's that's really tough to prove. Oh no, this guy. Uh, there it, are there are some professional gamblers. Oh yeah, they do it for a living. Yeah, my wife she watches those programs, you know, with the guys uh, in Macau, or they're in the uh, some of the Caribbean casinos. Uh, or they were uh, out in uh, Nevada, and, you know, they're gambling for high stakes. So guys like that who are, quote, professional gamblers, then... They can deduct their losses. Wow. Because that's their profession. So you mean if if Frank Morano anoints himself a professional gambler, even though he loses, he can't even win, uh, I mean, even when the deck is stacked in his favor... <laughs> No, no, he, he might as well be a professional gambler because every dollar, nickel, dime that comes in goes right out the door to AC. This guy loves Atlantic City. If he's not at the Golden Nugget, he's at Borgata, Harris, the resorts, the Trop. He, just by this, you, you have to designate yourself a professional gambler? Yeah, and then if you get audited, you have to prove it. Wow, this would be an interesting thing. You know, now that he has a kid... He's got to be a, a bit frugal. I, I, you know you know what? I don't have to tell you what degenerate gamblers are like. They, 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 they can't help themselves. Oh, I know many of them. Yeah. I think we all got to come together. We got to make a New Year's resolution to try to, to get Frank Morano <laughs> to break this habit. You know, 1-800-GAMBLERS Anonymous right. or something like that. All right, Curtis. I'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it was an IRS agent who took out Al Capone. Wasn't a member of the FBI. A lot of people think, oh, FBI forever busting uh, uh, Italians. No, it wasn't the FBI. It was the Treasury Department. Because it was Greasy Thumbs Gusick who was keeping all the books, two sets of books. One for Capone, one for the government in Cicero, right next to the south side of Chicago. And when eventually the IRS came in, although they were called the Treasury Department then, they got him with sharpened number two pencils. Yeah, that's that's the reason Capone went away. That's why so many people had the fear of the IRS in that generation because they said, look, Capone killed, right? He invented drive-by shootings. He stole. He extorted. He had illegal booze during Prohibition. He did everything you could put prostitution, you named it. By the way, I think that's how he got uh, the STDs. You know, not the racist edge of Andy Granatelli. Oh, that's STP, I'm sorry. The STDs, the sexually transmitted uh, disease, syphilis, remember? And then years later when he was in the joint, ah, 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 ah. Oh, that was a nasty death. They didn't get him on any of that, but on not paying his taxes. 
And so for my father's generation, my mother's generation, my father, Chester, my mother, Francesca, they grew up fearing the IRS because they said, look, this guy murdered it. He killed. He was the head of organized crime. He was uh, little Scarface, right? Scarface. Al Capone from Taffy Place in Brooklyn. Couldn't make it there, so he went to Chicago. And all of a sudden, he was number one, second, and nine. Who took him down? The Treasury Department. Guys with sharpened number two pencils who looked at the books of Greasy Thumb Goosick. And you know why they called him Greasy Thumb Goosick? Because he'd be having those big boys of Polish sausages and he'd all grease on his hands. So whenever he'd do an entry, it would always be grease on it. And that's how they knew it was Greasy Thumb Goosick. You learn a lot here. When Curtis Lee was substituting, and a lot of people were saying, really? Oh, wow. I have, you know, Frank Morano's list is, wow, gee, glory, Halioski, hallelujah. Wow, I never knew that. See? Just shorten Morano to moron. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. When we come back. I got to tell you, the new way they're coming for you, not just the IRS, but bill collectors. I'll get you, my little pretty. All right. You're not going to be letting me make these calls, right? Calls. Calls. I can't call you anymore. I'll get you in a different way, my little pretty. But we're going to get our money one way or the other. WABC. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor because that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me space for both my hands, 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 hands. You, you, because it goes on and on and on. And it goes on and on. And nah, you had me, but you lost me here. Yeah, what is this, Jersey Shore crap? Of course it is. Oh, Jersey Shore. Go ahead, raise the music up there. This is what you would get from those geriatric, espresso-sipping degenerates from the Jersey Shore. Remember? This kind of music. Ooh, ooh. Let's go out there and put our VO5 hairspray on mole hair so when we throw glasses at one another, it sticks to the hair. The honeycomb. I knew I knew it was going to disappoint me. You know, this uh, format is st- starting to sound like Dick Morris, you know, Sundays from 12 to 1. I listened to Dick Morris today. It's like every five seconds, the guy thinks he's a DJ. He's spinning wax. He plays like four songs a segment. I'm saying, is this talk radio or everyone trying to be Cousin Bruce or Tony Orlando? And by the way, whatever happened at dawn? Nobody will answer that. Whatever happened at dawn? I asked Tony Orlando, right, Greek, Puerto Rican, he was on the, the, the rooftops of Hell's Kitchen, he saw the lights of Broadway, he tells me his whole story, he went swimming in the west, the west, uh, west side there, the Hudson River, when all of a sudden Flotsam and, and, and Jetsam would be floating in the Hudson, you know what that was, huh, that was untreated water, need I describe it any further? 
He tell me all that. Oh, I didn't get polio from that. And all I said, I just asked you one freaking question, Tony, Orlando. Whatever happened to Dawn? Take the coat of Omerta. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then Joe Piscopo. That's like a love affair. I love you, Joe. No, no, no. I love you. I love you. No, you love me. I love you. You love me. It's like Barney. I wanted to shoot him when I was watching him with my kids. That purple monster. I really, you know, I never carried a gun. When I got shot five times on the orders of John Gotti Sr., the John Gotti Jr., the Gambino crime family, the NYPD said, you know, you're entitled to a carry permit. There's only one reason I carry, and that's if I had to watch Barney again with either Anthony Carter or Hunter, I would shoot Barney right through that TV screen. God, I hated that. But now, more double trouble. You think it's bad enough that the IRS is on your jockstrap, even though, who is that guy from the Granite State, New Hampshire, you know, live free or die, an apologist for the IRS, although he gave us a lot of good pertinent information, especially advice to Frank Morano, who is going to try to write off all of his gambling losses. You thought you could escape the bill collectors, right? You thought that now they're cracking down on robocalls and they're limiting the time that bill collectors can call you, you know, between 9 and 5, not at night, not after dinner, not before breakfast. You thought you might have escaped the noose and the long arm of the bill collectors who get their vig once the original loan is now transferred to an agency. And all they do is they become like hemorrhoids to you. You can't find enough Preparation H in the world to smear on those hemorrhoids, to have them dry up and blow away. They're on your morning, noon, and night, the bill collectors. But they've been restricted. No more. The barrage of robocalls is about to get worse with a new frontier of attack. Social media accounts. As if the social media didn't have enough problems, a new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau rule has gone into effect that allows debt collectors to reach out to people on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever else they have online social accounts as long as the direct messages are private. So now they can get into your social media. They can actually send you messages you, you twits on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. The new rules prohibit these companies from posting publicly on timelines. And they also have to identify themselves as debt collectors and provide an opt-out option. Unlike the Bonanos, Columbos, Lucases, Genovese, and Gambino debt collectors, who will definitely bend your leg and stuff it in your pocket for the VIG, they want the points. They claim they're developing a debt collection system that works for consumers and industry in the modern world. It doesn't work for the consumers, I can assure you that. Now that they're going to be putting the arm on you in your direct messaging. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Gary in Inwood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gary. And where'd Gary go? You see, he's talking to somebody in the background. Hey, Gary, why'd you put the bag on? 
He's half in the bag. You see this? He's at the local gin mill in Inwood. I think I know exactly where it is near 236 Perry Avenue. I used to be the manager of the Mickey D's there. It's right near the precinct and right near where the roller rink used to be. So the guy is on the phone there, and he's having a, another conversation, maybe with a phantom person. I don't know, Gary and Inwood. He, he's like an iconic institution here at WABC. He, he's always a caller. He's watching Barney. Yeah, either that, Barney, or he's watching the uh, Curtis Lewa documentary, right? That the other guy was giving us a blow-by-blow description of. Oh. Uh, uh, anger management issues. This is uh, adult cruelty. You know, you're with your kids or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren, and they got Barney on, the monster. And he's singing this stupid song. You know, I'm not a gun toter. I, I don't, no, 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 it's not my, but I, I got to tell you, this would be probably the only time in my life I'd carry a nine. And I'd unload a clip into Barney. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. You know who's going to be sitting in front of the boob tube soon. With his now 16-pound bouncing baby, Young Carmine, only 10 days out of the oven, right? He's 16 pounds. And Frank Morano has him listening to talk radio, which I think should qualify him for someone from uh, child services in New York or Dyfus in New Jersey to come and maybe snatch him away or take Carmine or whatever. You, You shouldn't be allowing a kid. To be listening to talk radio. But you'll get yours, Frank. You're going to have to be sitting there one day and watching Barney over and over and over. Because Carmine is going to want to watch Barney. That little purple monster. And you're going to start tearing your hair out by the roots. The little hair that you have left. And it's going to drive you crazy. You're going to hate You're going to hate Barney the way I hate Barney. Oh, your day is coming. Every parent, your day is coming when your kids discover Barney. I love you. You love me. No, 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 I don't. I don't love you. And you don't love me. Just straighten the kid out. Don't feed him those perpetual lies. Then all of a sudden they're going to join a cult. I guarantee you. Perpetual watching of Barney. The cartoons will lead to a cult-like manifestation in your head in which you will end up joining some kind of cult all over the world. Oh, yeah, it's bound to happen. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in probably the largest landmass city in the world, Jacksonville, Florida. Your turn to be heard, Dave. Curtis, man, I can't believe I'm talking to you. I loved you for all these years. I'm 74, and I grew up with you, so you're the greatest. Okay, Jackie Gleason, could you ever see him in The Hustler? Yes. Legitimate acting. He could have been a great legitimate actor if he didn't want to do comedy. I mean... Paul Newman. Okay, Smokey and the Bandit. Did you see that? Oh, yes. Okay, now, ethnic little joke. Jokey's with his son, and the roof is torn off the car, and a cop stops, and Jackie's explaining he's running after the bandit. Okay, so after he gets through, the cop says to him, well, that's not germane to why I stopped you. And Jackie says, well, the goddamn Germans have nothing to do with this. (laughs) 
Okay, one more. One more thing. His oh, God, this better be good. Go his ahead. Go son. ahead, David. Sir? Oh, his dumb son sitting next to him. And he says, just the thought of you came from my loins disturbs me. Do you remember that? Oh. oh, David, David, David. This is so synonymous with Frank Morano listeners. I don't know if any of you have ever been in Jacksonville. You could drive all day in Jacksonville, Florida, and AM becomes PM, and you're still in Jacksonville. It's like the the largest mass uh, city of width and length that I've ever been in. And yeah, Houston was like that. Los Angeles was like that. But nothing was comparable to Jacksonville, Florida. And the, these are the callers that I have to deal with. A guy who is quoting me. <laughs> Dom DeLuise, right? Burt Reynolds, right? Smoking in the bed. <laughs> With Jackie Gleason, with all the great movies Jackie Gleason did, with all the great television, they have to pull up the one with Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds, and Jackie Gleason, Smokey and the Bandit. That's why I say Frank Morano's listeners are hillbillies. The hillbillies would go for that, not the hustler. You know, with Jackie Gleason and the pool cue against Paul Newman, the Cincinnati kid. You remember, right? Proves hillbillies love Frank Morano more than they love me. They love you. Uh, you love me. Uh, yes! Right between the eyes. I can't tell you how many times I'd be sitting there. Anthony would say, oh, play it one more time. Play it one more time. Put the video in, Daddy, one more time. Yeah, sure, kid. Take that TV, throw it right out the window. And then it was Connor and Hunter, right? Daddy, Daddy, we, we want to see the purple little monster there, Barney. You really do, huh, kids? You want to watch Superman? No, no, Barney. Want to watch Batman and Robin? No, 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 Barney. Well, what about Spider-Man? No, no, Barney, Barney. Oh, the agitation, the complete decombobulation of my mindset. And to be forced, I would rather be in Gitmo, forced to listen to Yoko Ono screaming over and over and over as part of Dick Cheney's torture. You know, he waterboards you. And then he would play for Khalid the Shmuck Muhammad. He'd play Barney. And right away, they'd give up the next jihad attack. So all you had to do, either play Yoko Ono on the anniversary of the execution of John Lennon. And yes, we will be doing a special on that, something that Frank Morano promised his listeners. And he sold them wolf tickets. Now, now we're going to do it on the 8th. And then, of course, if you really wanted the jihadists to give up information about Osama bin Laden, after Dick Cheney waterboarded them in Gitmo, oh, just keep playing Barney over and over and over. And all of a sudden, they'll give you up all information that you need. Well, up next, we got to help our president, Joe Biden. He's got a tough week coming up. This may be his toughest week yet. Since he became president of the United States, and it starts with Vladimir 
Putin in Russia. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. would have been a theme song for candidate Trump, right, Donald Trump? Probably one of the few groups who wouldn't uh, minded that he used this to fire up the crowd, right? I mean, this would have been the perfect Trump song. Whereas the other opening, could I hear the other Frank uh, opening where he tries to be hip happening, you know, where he rips off Wagner and Rivera you know, the theme songs coming out of the bullpen like, yeah, Frank Morano would ever come out of the bullpen. Please. Please. Don't insult us. Yeah, this I, I will admit, while Enter Sandman is a great song, this song literally does scream, and now, here come your Chicago Bulls. <laughs> exactly. It's a ripoff. He's like the Red Chinese. You know, he doesn't observe copyrights, trademarks. He just rips the song off. Now, we can't associate an American band with anyone else. Now, let's see if you two Weissenheimers, you hipsters and millennials, know the name of that great all-American band. Do you know what the name of that band is? The one who just sung, We're an American Band? Uh, 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 Grand Funk Railroad. Yes! Yes! I would suggest. Let Let me throw this out for consumption. Yeah. Because Frank Morano eventually will be back once he has completely milked the paternity leave train. And I mean really milked it. Like Boudicet, 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 Boudicet. Would you prefer Frank to have, as his theme song coming back, The Sandman, which like everybody has played. Everybody. I mean, there's no originality there whatsoever. I mean, you think Mariano Rivera's coming. You think that Wagner's coming from the Phillies Bill bullpen out of the Met bullpen. And then, as you said, you think it's the introduction of the uh, Chicago Bulls without Michael Jordan, right? Right? You think eh, that's it because it's low budget. Or do you think that the new theme, let me cue up the new theme again, American Band. Uh, just a classic. See? See? Got that beat. More upbeat. Yep. Plus, it's patriotic. It's an American band. It's what Trumpers would like, right? Let's face it. They'd be going crazy before Donald Trump came out on the stage with Bill O'Reilly. You know, their their uh, talks coming up. Imagine if they play this song. People were like, yeah, America, America, USA. 
USA, USA. People would USA. be going nuts. They'd love it. This would be so much better. No, 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 Frank Morano, he's like Ucalabres, he's hard-headed. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, which song should be the opening salvo of Frank Morano's assault on your uh, your radio listening, or at least your music appreciation? The Sandman, 1-800-848-9222, that's 1-800-848-WABC, or an American band. That's right, oh. Great. That, that's classic. That, you see, I'm hooking Frank up, right? The Trumpets love that song. I wouldn't doubt that Trump and Bill O'Reilly are going to rip me off on that one, and that's going to be their intro on all the places that they go and have that sit-down, you know, that, that discussion. Curtis, did you have a campaign theme song when you were running for mayor? How? I couldn't even afford to have a campaign office, and you wanted me to have a campaign theme song. <laughs> you know, you got to pay residuals, royalties. That, then, that's right. Yes. I didn't want those uh, groups. On. I didn't want those groups doing what they did to Trump. You know, you play this song, and then all of a sudden, oh, you can't play my song. I'm going to sue you. In fact, what was the only group? See, this is a good bit of Curtis Lee with trivia. Don't ask, don't tell, because I throw nickels around like manhole covers. What was the one group that did not at all object to then candidate Donald Trump? Playing their music as theme music for his many rallies. Uh, rallies. In fact, they welcomed it. Let me give you a hint. They were from Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Line Island. Ooh, that's a real brain buster. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's say, you did, let's say if you did have a campaign theme song, which one would you have chose? Ah, that's interesting. Ah, uh, I very interesting. Uh, let me mull on that. You know, with my thinking capacity being so limited, having to perform as the Mama Luke Frank Morano and dealing with his special ed listeners, it's been a bit of a drain brain for me. So let me let me mull on that if you don't mind. Roger that. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Oh, the news of the day. We've been told that President Joe Biden has determined that we are going to launch a diplomatic boycott against the Red Chinese in advance of the beginning of the Winter Olympic Games in Red China, which starts in February. Ooh, I'm sure that's really going to hurt President Who, what's on second, I don't know who's on third, who belly slid into home. That makes no sense at all. And if you you notice, the Red Chinese have been sending their bombers into Taiwanese airspace and daring. The remnants of Chiang Kai-shek, the Nationalist Army, that fled from the mainland to Taiwan so many years ago, a.k.a. known as Formosa back then, and were repelled by the locals who didn't want Chiang Kai-shek there. They said, hey, you're mainland Chinese. We don't want you here. Oh, that was quite a battle. But the Nationalist forces of Chiang Kai-shek won out and embedded themselves on Formosa, now a.k.a. Taiwan. By the way... uh, Some of you who are boomers probably remember getting your first pancake mitts, your baseball gloves. Uh, They were not anything to brag about. You know, it's not like Spalding or Rawlings, not a Mickey Mantle autograph glove. You had a pancake mitt that came from Formosa. It said, the little tag said Formosa. And you said, what the hell is Formosa? A.K.A. known as Taiwan. 
had a little picture of Chiang Hai-shek in there. You know, yeah, oh, I remember. I had a lot of pancake mitts. Couldn't afford a Rawlings or a Spalding. Mickey Mantle autographed. Hell no. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So now what the hell do we do if all of a sudden the Red Chinese and President Hu, what's on second, I don't know who's on third, decides to invade Taiwan, right? Because we have... Uh, a fact that we have made a treaty with the Taiwanese to say if you're attacked by Red China or anybody, we're going to be at your beck and call. We're going to defend you. What do we do? Do we go to war against the Red Chinese? 1-800-848-9222. Like they went to war against us in North Korea? Oh, yeah. Coming, swarming in. 1-800-848-WABC. What do we do, huh? And then meantime, on Tuesday... President Joe Biden is sitting down with Vladimir Putin, of whom he's taller. See, that's a rarity. Most times, uh, President Joe Biden is shorter than some of the world leaders. But he gets to look down on Vladimir Putin, who is a real shorty short. And you know what the discussion is going to be. It's about Mr. Quid Pro Quo, you know, the king of all comedy there in Ukraine, that young Huckleberry who uh, still uses Clearasil to deal with his pimples problem. That's how young the king of all comedy is. The new president of the crooked Ukraine is, what is his name, Zelensky? You remember the Quid Pro Quo guy? I mean, whatever. He's claiming there's a coup d'etat underway. There's 175,000 Soviet forces with T2 tanks ready to invade. Look, he took the Crimea back. He took other parts of the Ukraine back. Basically, Vladimir Putin is flexing now and wants to go all the way to Kiev. What the hell do we do? Biden does. And members of NATO, if in fact the Ukraine is attacked. Obama did nothing. He just let him take the Crimea and other parts of the Ukraine. Do we go to war over the Ukraine? Really? Over the Ukraine? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. By the way, what was that uh, energy company that Hunter Biden was involved with? And only Burisma. Remember Burisma? And then what was it? President Joe Biden said, hey... I ain't giving you none of our money unless you get rid of that prosecutor who's investigating Burisma. And then all of a sudden, boom, within 24 hours, the investigation was off. At least that's how my Kumbadichich Rudy Giuliani tells it. You may want to give us a different slant. Let's go to the phones. It's Casey calling from Elmsford, New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Case. Bro, what in the world was all of that? Okay. The group, I don't know if it's Wu-Tang Clan that you were looking for from Strong Island. And I wouldn't pick any of those guys, Sandman or whatever. I would pick Chicago 25 to 64 or America's You're the Biggest Part of Me. That's my all-time classic rock. All right, Casey, uh, when you mentioned Wu-Tang Clan, they're from Staten Island. They're from uh, Stapleton, Park Hill, North Shore. Also, I don't care. I don't care about the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, but you, what was the answer? You, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong about the only group that actually felt that it was okay. They high-fived the then-candidate Donald Trump, then-president Donald Trump, when he culturally appropriated their music. 
uh, to be played to warm up uh, the many crowds, the Trumper crowds. And they're a Long Island band. Casey, you have no idea? I have absolutely no clue. Well, it ain't Billy Joel, Bug Eyes Billy Joel, that's for sure. Okay. You wouldn't go to a Billy Joel concert, would you, Casey? I absolutely would go to a Billy Joel concert, now, sir. Now, now, tell me, every month, right, he has like a concert. He does the same freaking concert in Madison Square Garden for his buddy, the crook, Jimmy Dolan, who owns the place, right? Every freaking month. You know what that's similar to? I don't know. Did you ever go to a movie on Saturday nights called yeah. Rocky Horror? Yeah, Every Saturday, these freaks yeah. would go to Rocky Horror, and they would limp-sync the words and dress up like the characters, and it was the same movie every Saturday night. Hey, buddy, I'm still a virgin. You are? I, I, anybody who hasn't seen Rocky Horror was called a virgin. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Oh, now I'm schooling you. Hell yeah. So you mean if you've never seen Rocky Horror, you're considered a virgin? Google it. <laughs> Google it. This is amazing. That's a cultural term right there for Rocky Horror. I'm learning something all the time. Casey schooled me there, you see. I didn't know that you were called a virgin if you hadn't seen the Rocky Horror uh, Mountain Show. I'll call it the Rocky Horror Mountain Show. That's another great... Oh, we got another theme song for Frank. You got to come back with Mississippi. Oh, two of the greatest. Uh, Felix Papuliardi and Leslie West. Felix Papuliardi and Leslie West. Mississippi. That's M I S S I S S I S S I S S I S S I S S I S S I P P I. See, that's what we would say when we were playing touch football in the street. You'd have to count to 10 Mississippi before you could charge the quarterback. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. Right, right. You got that, Mississippi? I'm going to look for it. I presently found Mississippi Queen by Mountain. But yes! I'm gonna, mm-hmm. Play it! I'm going to play it. <laughs> this, is good. this could be Frank Morano's theme song. Yeah. Play it, Leslie. Saw them at the old Palladium. Oh, they rocked it. Give me some more. Some more volume. Yeah. Now, look, if... uh, Cousin Brucey gets to spin stacks of wax, and then Tony Orlando. By the way, whatever happened to Dawn? And then Joe Piscopo, two hours of uh, Sinatra, you know, Ramsey, Subaru, Sinatra. They just played earlier today, six day. If they get to spin stacks of wax, why don't I get to spin stacks of wax? Especially since Frank Morano tries to act hip, happening, 
acts like he does fly stuff, plays heavy metal that he's ripped off of Wagner. Yeah, 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 Wagner, the anti-Semite. No, 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 everyone's getting crazy here out there. We're not talking about the flight of the Valkyries here. We're talking about Billy Wagner coming out of the bullpen for the Mets. Mariano Rivera and the introduction of the Chicago Bulls without Michael Jordan. That's right. Let's go if we can. Apparently, Pete in Queens has a new theme song for Frank Morano while we're at it. What's your choice, Pete? Good morning, Curtis. How are you? Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. We got a school. Pete, 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 a thousand times I've said there's certain rules and regulations when you deal with me on the Curtis Sleever show, and that is you never ask, how you doing? Because you know what I'm going to say, Pete? I've had better days. All right. I'm I'm just going to say good morning. Um, My suggestion is for his new theme song, the name of the song is Other Side of Midnight, and it's by a guy named Levi Dexter and the Rip Chords. It's sort of a neo-rockabilly song. It's very uh, popular in the U.K., and it's a pretty good jump number. It's pretty catchy. You might want to have your call screener check it out. It's on YouTube. You know, if Frank approves of it, great. If not, then oh well. Well, you know he's but not going to approve of it. You know he's not going to approve of it. He's a fuddy dud. <laughs> well, I can. I like a lot of old things myself. So I'm big into the retro scene. I like old music. You know. Yeah, I know, I know, but you're not obsessed with it, right? You know, I mean, you're eclectic. You have eclectic tastes, right, Pete? I do have eclectic tastes. Okay. Yes, yes, that's normal. I've been car in my life, but you know, right? That's you know. normal. But a guy like Frank Morano, who's now we've we've proven this week, he's 35, acts like he's 105. Well, I'm going to be 55 this month, and I can be accused of uh, being 155 because I like a lot of old fashion things. When when Frank was at home before he decided to no longer be a Mama Luke and married Rachel, do you know what pinups he had in his room? You know what pinups? No, I don't know. Only one woman. Betty Grable. <laughs> no. Betty Grable. No. no. Only one woman was good enough for Frank Morano. Yeah, million dollar legs. No, I'll give you a hint. She's still alive. She's still kicking. And she's originally from the Mistake by the Lake, Cleveland, Ohio. Boy, I'm giving the store away here. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah, see, you don't know. My God! No, when, when, no, when no, you, no. When you find out who this woman is, and Frank had four posters in his room, so that if he turned his head left, he turned it straight up, he turned it to the right, or he had his, his head face down. That was a bit psychosexual. That woman I mean, was. That woman was always staring at him. I don't know who that might be. I mean, I'm a big fan of the pinup art. I like Alberto Vargas. I like a lot of classic, uh, not, not dirty stuff. I'm talking about maybe a little scantily clad. No, arti- it's more on the artistic side, right? Right. Exactly. Airbrushed. You don't want to see all the uh, cellulite and stuff. I, I get it. When was the last time you saw a pinup? Of a woman wearing a pump of jammers out in public. I mean, give me a break. That's true. You are old school, but I'm sorry to say, Pete, 
You couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong, Petty Grable. What Petty Grable? How could you not know who Frank Morano's sweetheart was and who maybe maybe he's got a little feeling for her still. He's not a cheater. No, Frank, guarantee you, he's not cheating on Rachel. No way. But he had four pinups in his room. He turned his head to the left, turned to the right. He would see this uh, actress straight forward and then with his head down. Now, that was the one. Oh, my God. 1-800-848-WABC. WABC. This is Foghat, slow ride. Foghat, get out of here. Toss it out here, man. Why don't you just play glam rock instead? God, that's so beneath this show. Come on. Uh, we were on a good one. Mountain, Mississippi Queen. Before we're an American band. American, and then you just ruined it here. Next stop, it'll be glam rock. Probably be, let me see what you would probably choose. Oh, Boston, right? Oh, Boston. Yeah, Boston. Knock it off, guys. Don't pl- Please, don't try to com- compete with the master blaster here, Curtis Sliwa. Anyway, let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pete. I think the song for Frank should be, Mississippi Queen, you know what I mean. And for you, I think the song should be, I'm back, back in the U.S. groove. Hmm. What is that, Gary Glitter? No, that's uh, uh, Ace Freely. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't wear back no, in the New York groove. I don't, I don't wear no glitter. Let me yeah, tell you I right up. Curtis, we got to be original for Curtis. It's back in the U.S. groove because Curtis rocks. Wait a second, isn't that back in the USSR by the group that I hate, loathe, despise the Beatles? No, that's uh, that's by Ace Freely from Kiss. You're thinking of back in the New York groove. No, no. I, right, but I changed it for the U.S. because Curtis is known nationwide. I I, I, I always ha- I wasn't part of the KISS army. I hated KISS. Their tongues would yeah, hang down really to their ankles. Oh, who, wow. who was their main guy, Gene Simmons? Gene Simmons, yeah. Right, he yeah. thought he was like Will Chamberlain having sex with like 10,000 women. Yo, why don't you do an STD check on that guy? God, what did he do? Put the condom on his tongue? I mean, come on, let's be real here. Yeah. Oh. Hey, thanks for the great things you're doing for the cast. Oh, you well, and your thank wife. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, who the hell would want to be part of the Kiss Army, right? Well, they all have COVID-19 lately. Well, I'm sure they have uh, other things. If they do a little deep testing, the Department of Health. So I asked, what is the one group that did not mind that Citizen Trump, then President Trump, they, they didn't mind that he pro-culturally appropriated their music and used it at his Trump rallies? You haven't even gotten close yet. Let's go to Steve calling from uh, the Irish Riviera along uh, the Hudson River in Rockland County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. Curtis, 
the answer is the Stones, Curtis. I mean, I don't know. The Stones were the ones who didn't, not at first. Now they don't want it done. You know, after. But during the campaign, it was the Stones. And you can check, you can quadruple check me on that. Okay? Because uh, they, were, they were queried. And uh, Mick Jagger was very clear. If Donald wants to use it, for now he can use it. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. This is such an easy one. This is like a layup. But this is the Frank Morano audience here. First off, we're talking Long Island. Okay. Think, think, think. Haven't been that many bands out of Long Island. A lot of garage bands. I'll give you, give you a solid. A lot of really good garage bands in Nassau and Suffolk. But some that never really just made the American bandstand. You know, pick it or pan it. Or Soul Trade with Don Cornelius. Weren't good enough to make it quite, quite there. And the Frank Morano audience is is vapid, dense. All they do is have muscles between both ears. And you would think there are a lot of Trumpers listening right now, right? They probably were all like so excited to hear that there was one group out there that didn't mind that Donald Trump and his staff had culturally appropriated their songs to use to pump up the crowd. And remember, they were huge, massive crowds. I'm going to give them one more chance. One more chance. Okay? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, you Ralph. Know, you know, the main thing between Putin uh, and, and Biden, I would not like to believe that anything good will come out of it because... If you remember in Switzerland, Geneva, it was, okay, uh, Putin immediately after the meeting did a full monthly with the media. Meanwhile, Biden was nowhere to be uh, seen. He scampered away to wh- wherever he went, okay? What the hell is he talking about? This guy's like mumbles, right? What, is everybody calling up the Frank Morano show mumble? I realize it's in the wee hours of the morning. Maybe they're gargling, they're brushing their teeth for the first time in a week. But, my God, we need a translator for some of these people. We still still can't isolate this one group that was more than happy to have their songs played by First Citizen Trump. And then President Trump on the campaign trail. Let's go to Kenneth in Bay Ridge. See if you have the uh, the knowledge. Curtis, it's Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is not even, this is a tipping, not even a layup. Blue Oyster Cult. What are you talking about? Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, might as well. You already wasted my time. All right. When when is Frank gonna have the like the uh the, the what do you when you have the baby the showing of the baby? This when is he going up to the on up to the top of Todd Hill with and you know like you in the Lion? Yeah, you like mean in the Lion, no, 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 like in the Lion King when the the, the old 
lion chose the the baby lion to the whole jungle. When is he going up to the Toad Hill and going to raise the baby up? God, and... God, the Lion King. <laughs> the, what does that have to do with a little baby? My God. Why not the christening? You know, he's going to do it in Mount Laredo. Remember the scene in The Godfather was filmed in the church in Mount Laredo when Michael Corleone was at the baptism and he said to everybody, we're going to settle all scores. What is the Lion King? These are Frank Morano listeners. Blue Oyster Cult. This is not a brain buster. I see a Paulie in Staten Island seems to know which group was more than happy that Donald Trump, citizen than president, uh, culturally appropriated uh, their songs. Hi, Curtis. It was Twisted Sister, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. There you go. Because I remember uh, when they were waiting for him to come in to Mar-a-Lago, they had a We're Not Gonna Take It playing. That's right. D. Schneider. Hot, hot for teacher. Remember, hot for teacher. Remember D. Schneider. Yes. And 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 in fact, <laughs> the Trumpers were immediately thinking that, like almost all other groups, that they were going to go to court. They were going to file an injunction to prevent Team Trump from playing their songs. And yet, D. Schneider of Twisted Sister said, "I got no problem with that." Remember that? That's right. This night is awesome, man. He's a patriot. <laughs> He's a patriot. How many callers did it take us to get a simple answer like that? Hot for teacher. How many? Enough to get us to the three thirty hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think of it. How many guys there, right? Their fantasy come true. Hot for teacher, right? And they they couldn't remember D. Schneider. How many times was he on with Howard Stern, right? Like infinitum. I mean, who was on more? Topo G. Joe with Ed Sullivan or D. Schneider with Howard Stern? And then some other Weisenheimer calls up and says, oh, that hillbilly group was on uh, Ed Sullivan even more than the little Italian mice, Topo G. Joe. I don't understand this. I'm trying. I'm really trying. And I'm trying to lift up... You know, raise the curve for the audience here, the Frank Morano show. And I said, what were the pinups in Frank Morano's room when he was the Mama Luke living in Mom's house? Because Mom, you, nobody could do it better than Mom. Mom would actually iron his BVDs, his food in the loom. She makes sure that he had a nice bowl of pasta azul when he would get up like 1230 in the afternoon. You know, he was the prince. He could do no wrong. You know what an Italian-American household is. You can't figure out which picture was up on his wall, which pin-up picture. Let me see if I can give uh, more clues here. Boy, this this audience is hurting. Uh, This woman was in a very famous television show. It featured four women, four women up there in age. They were living uh, in Florida, okay? Can I give any more? I mean, if I give any more, it's like I might as well tell you who it is. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. As we talk about, oh, yeah, the other big uh, Joe Biden news is 
you know, they got two caravans coming to the border there. Almost no Central Americans, no Mexicans in these caravans. It seems like everyone from North Africa, Central Africa, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, you name it, if it's a country outside of Mexico and Central America, they seem to be part of these two caravans. They're hell-bent on hitting the border. And finally, Joe Biden, our president today, is saying, hey, the Trump standards apply. you got to wait in Mexico for your asylum effort. We'll call you. You don't call us. But will he force them to get vaccinated? Uh, with One shot? Two shots? Maybe he'll give them the booster, too, you know. It's like only 60% of Americans, I believe, at this point have had one shot. He still wants them to get a second shot and a booster. But, you know, if you're down at the border now, they're going to give you one shot, two shots, and the booster. And say, screw you if you're an American citizen, too. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then there's move, the move in the city council of New York. They're going to vote on the 9th to let 800,000, not illegal aliens, I keep hearing it, 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 it Judge Janine Pirro, I wanted to just touch. They're not illegal. They're green card holders. They're work visa holders. I mean, everyone immediately, oh, illegals. They're not giving illegals the right to vote. They're green card holders who have all the rights of American citizens other than the privilege to vote. They get all the same benefits, uh, pretty much the same thing with those who have work visas. And the argument is, well, they pay taxes, don't they? They should have the right to vote. Taxation without representation. You know, the Tea Party in Boston, the Sons of Liberty, John Adams, right? You know, I run that all by. I don't believe any of that, but they do. Our numbers... 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Keith in Manhattan. Who was the poster girl in the Mama Luke's bedroom when he lived with Mommy Frank Morano? Well, Curtis, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm the spay-neuter trapper in Harlem, and I don't know why anybody doesn't know the answer to this question. Of course, it's Farrah Fawcett. Oh, you couldn't be. More hopelessly. Farrah Fawcett, come on. This is, this is not tough. Farrah Fawcett was not in a TV program with four women that were sharing lodging down in Florida. I mean, I, can it get any more simple than that? In fact, one of them claim to have lineage. Wow, this should give it all away. To Sicily. She was a cheech. She was a zip. She was about as tall as Frank Morano is. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Bill in Harrison, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC. Hey, how you? All right, listen. You got a major mistake there, Curtis. You're talking about Twisted Sister D. Snyder. You're correct with that, but when you say Hot for Teacher, he had nothing to do with that song. That's Van Halen. And if you ever told David Lee Roth that he looks like Twisted Sister D. Snyder, he'd go for a major facelift, and he'd come over there and, like, really be very, very upset with you. That's all I want to let you know, you know? Hold on. That's Van Halen, Hot for Teacher. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Van Halen, right? 
Van Halen. Van Halen, who took over for Howard Stern on the radio and maybe was the most boring talk radio show host in the history of the medium, right? That's who you mean, Bill? There you go again. Curtis, I'm a big, big fan, but Van Halen, you're you're saying it's not Van Halen. It was David Lee Roth that took over for Howard Stern. I used to listen to it religiously. I'm a big, huge fan. A lot of Harrisonites are, a lot of Jerseyites, New Yorkers. They're one of the hottest, biggest rock and roll bands ever, ever. You can't take nothing away from them. They were good with Sammy Hagar, but David Lee Roth, you're getting David Lee Roth mixed up with Van Halen, and uh, you're getting him mixed up with Dee Snyder. He looks he looks nothing like David Lee Roth. He was, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, he'd be highly insulted if you ever told him that. Well, how about we do this? How about we play um, Find – we have three little walnuts – and we put the names under each walnut. Okay, we have David Lee Roth, we have Van Halen, and we have D. Schneider. And I go round and round and round, and then you pick the right one. God, the hell! Now, now they're giving me constructive criticism, right? Can you believe this? Now they're giving me constructive. We can't even figure out. Which femme fatale was the full-page fold-out showing her gams that excited Frank Morano? That's when he recognized he was heterosexual. He was no longer struggling with his sexuality. It's a simple answer. Why do you make it so complicated? This should be Frank Morano's theme music. We've given him a panoply of choices so he can get hip happening and show he's got some glide in his stride instead of that funky played out Sandman, which I think, oh, it's Wagner in from the uh, bullpen for the Mets and Phillies. Oh, it's Mariano Rivera. Oh, no, it's the Chicago Bulls without MJ. I'm trying. I'm trying to help. And then I asked, what was the poster girl in his room when he wouldn't leave mama? He was tied to her apron strings, a real mama Luke. And and forget the layup. This is a tip-in. Let's go to Jill in Bloomfield. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jill. Hello, sir. We cannot be talking about B. Arthur, can we? B. Arthur. Or Betty White. Arthur. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Frank with B. Arthur? First of all, wasn't she like the librarian type? You know, she was like the brainiac. You know, she is like the the girl who would have made it to Stuyvesant, would have made it to Bronx High School of Science, would have made it to Brooklyn Tech, Staten Island Tech, or Townsend on the campus of Queens College. It's like, oh, I don't get this. It's like a tip-in. It's a tip-in. Mike in Manhattan. Uh, Mike, you too thought it was B. Arthur? Mike? Uh, well, how about Betty White? 
Okay, you finally got it. After, like, torture, pulling teeth, Betty White. You mentioned that uh, Frank Morano is 135 years of age, so I figured that he wants somebody his age, so I think Betty White is 99 now. So yeah, and she's still exactly. kicking. She's still yeah. kicking, Mike. Yeah, that's that's uh, commendable. But no, if you uh, if you ask Frank if ever he gets back from uh, paternity leave, which he's milking for every nickel dime he can get, Boudicier, 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 just like his protege, Boudicier, the Secretary of of Transportation, who has failed miserably at his job. <sighs> Look at this, Carol, Carol in New Jersey, Carol. You th- Hi there, Curtis. Ka- I thought that he would have had a poster of Valerie Bertinelli hanging up in his room. Betty White? Are you kidding? So, <laughs> Valerie Bertinelli, who was married to who? Eddie Van Halen. Right. Who was a meth head, who had no teeth at the end, right? Mm-hmm. But he was God with, with the guitars, right? He played that air guitar, yeah, playing hacky sack. Everybody wanted to yeah. be Eddie. I'm God, I'm God, I'm going to be Eddie. Every white boy's dream, right, Carol? Uh, you know, I thought that Sammy Hagar had a better voice than David Lee Roth. That's my opinion. Yeah, but they went downhill. I can't drive 55. That was uh, it for Sammy Hagar. I can't drive 55. It was over after that, Cal. No, he he was there with them for a while. He was there for a bit. I, I know, but you loved the way Eddie Van Halen played the guitar, didn't you, Cal? Oh, of course he did. He was one of the best. He oh, just had oh no. Wait, wait, wait. So according to some, forget Jeff Beck. Forget Eric Clapton. Forget Ernie yeah. Isley. It was... Eddie Van Halen. It's a shame what happened to him, really. By the way, do you know where, do you know where Eddie Van Halen was born? Uh, he was um, from the Netherlands. Netherlands right? Very good. Wow, you yeah. are a groupie. You are a groupie. Well, Come on, Carol. I know my music. I know my music. No, 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 I know. You're a bit of a groupie, right? Come on, Sammy Hagar, no, Eddie Van Halen. No, Curtis, I'm not. I was never a groupie. No, I used to just uh, go to the concerts and things. Look, you know? What would rock and roll have been without groupies? Come on, Carol. Yeah, you're right about that in a way. Right. You were frisky <laughs> back then. You were footloose and fancy free. No. Your no. estrogen I, I was good, flying in all directions. I was a good Catholic girl. I, I was never like that. I was never like that. It's okay, Carol. It's okay. You know, <laughs> talking to you, Carol, it has uh, taken all the sewers out of me, all the anger of having to constantly wrestle with the Frank Morano listeners and callers who could barely <laughs> barely string three words together. Couldn't chew gum and think at the same time. Yeah, but Frank knows that I'm related to Joe Jackson, so. Yeah. He's my cousin, Joe Jackson, the British musician. Yeah. So that's why I know a little bit about these. Yeah, well, why don't you go have some shepherd's pie, Carol, huh? I I don't like shepherd's pie. Oh, <laughs> you don't? Well, why don't you I have mean, some lager, you know, just down a few? 
Oh, yeah. When I was over, I spent a lot of time over in England on and off. I actually lived there for a while. I used to go to the pub. Yes, I want to ask you this question, Carol. How come you go to Cardiff and Wales or Glasgow and Scotland or Northern Ireland or England? They have such rotten teeth. What, what is wrong with those people? Don't they brush their no, teeth? No, not, not the people I know. The people I know have rotten teeth. Oh, ex- excuse me. The people that Carol knows. Excuse me. The, you know, royalty there, Earl's Court in London. Oh, yes. Who is that perv uh, we're hearing all about in this uh, Epstein uh, scenario? Who is that prince? Which which uh, fornicating prince was that again? I mean, they're all like deadbeats, slackards, Nordwells. Oh, Prince Andrew. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm the queen's favorite boy. I loathe the royalty. I hate them. I despise them. But, oh, they're the royalty. Anyway, up next, oh, a lot of, well, we get the brain buster questions. You know, you get 10 right, you get Frank Morano's $1,000. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. Frank Morano purloined this classic song from my, my stash. This used to be my theme song, Overnights. When I did Overnights here at WABC, we didn't call it The Other Side of Midnight. We called it Theater of the Mind. Because I was like a body snatcher, you know, mind, body, and soul. You were mine. That was it. That would be pretty impossible with this crew that uh, Frank Morano has cultivated because, I mean, we're talking about pods, you know, like pods. You get one pod, another pod pops up. Be like Army of the Body Snatchers. Really. Works really cut out for me in substituting for Frank Morano. By the way, Frank Morano milking this paternity train like there's no tomorrow. He was spotted at Harris in Atlantic City, again, losing every nickel, diamond, penny. They wouldn't give him any more chips. They threw him out on Washington Street. That's it. And he took the, uh, he pounded the hound, the greyhound home. Yeah, that's, he was out of luck. I don't know how he's going to do it. He's got a kid now. Kid went from 13 pounds in just uh, 10 days to 16 pounds. And he's having him listen to talk radio. I mean, really? Where's Dyfus in New Jersey? Where's child welfare in New York? They got to do an intervention. He's got the headphones on the kid. Did you see the picture that they posted? He's got little headphones on little Carmine listening to WABC 770 AM. Are you out of your mind? The kid will probably end up being a serial killer. No doubt about it. 
Anyway, it's going to be the We Be Thugging update. I think like half a day ago when I first got here, I've been on for like, what, 12 straight hours. It's okay. I can handle it. It'll be plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead. So I'm on the number number six train, and uh, this guy comes on, this white guy, well-dressed, got khakis, brand-new khakis. He's got a white T-shirt on. He's going up and down. He's wearing these moccasins, you know, very weak, not very manly, but we're new. He goes... He's, he's he's chilling for chump change. You know, he's got the little uh, coffee cup, you know, from the Greek diner. And then people are giving him change. I don't know why. I guess because he looked like one of these preppy white boys. And they figured, oh, he probably really needs it. He goes to Dalton. And maybe he's going to use this for tuition, right? It's so easy to sucker people. So a woman puts a freaking dollar in, a George Washington. And you know what he had the chutzpah, the culions, the huevos to say? I need something more substantial, like a $20 bill. I went up to the guy. I had had it. You know, this idea, don't get involved, you know, because nobody's going to get arrested. I said, you want something substantial? How about you get a freaking J-O-B job? Oh, and some people with that. Oh, you're so harsh, Curtis. That's why I didn't vote for you for mayor. You're insensitive. Can't you see this guy is needy? I said needy. He's got new moccasins on. He's got khakis. He's got a brand new T-shirt on. And he's hustling for change so he could go to Dalton's? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But speaking of making Dalton-style money, this is maybe the classic, I'll call it the classic uh, robodope of all time. Frank Morano wants to act like Mr. Big Stuff. Who am I? He's offered $1,000 prize money. Now, you know it ain't going to be his money. John Katsimatidis, no doubt, he's going to have to peel it off his Philly roll. But see, Frank has factored in that nobody of his listeners will ever get 10 out of 10 questions in 60 seconds. Because he understands, you know, they're vapid. They got a muscle between both ears. So I'm going to give out the numbers slowly so that some of you with your Crayola crayons can actually write down the numbers. And call in and try to answer 10 out of 10 questions. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Now, if this were any other audience of any other show, they'd be on speed dial right now, right? Phone screening, you'd already have half a dozen calls. You'd be filtering through. Not one call. Not one call. Pack, let's go to Jeannie in the interim here from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeannie. Hi, Sliwa. I knew the actress was Betty White, but someone already guessed it. So I have another question. You had mentioned that Happy the Elephant is very unhappy and that he's banging his head, and that's a really extreme anxiety stress signal of a mammal. Is there no way that we can help to get that beautiful elephant to a preserve? Beautiful, beautiful sentiment, Jeannie. You are correct. Happy is not so happy. You know, here are all the little kitties going to the Bronx, uh, the zoo, 
and they go into the uh, elephant area, and they see Happy, the lone elephant, banging his head against the wall. He's got some psychological issues. Yeah, he's lonely, and he's a, and he has no other elephants around him. It's terrible. Can't we do something? Yeah, well, like he, a petition he's depressed. Or? Well, this is what happened. A, a rescue group uh, from out, I think, near Texas. They have this mm-hmm. huge ranch there that they use for animals, wild animals. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they said, we'll take them off your hand, no cost to the Bronx Zoological Society. They normally does pretty good work. But they, oh, they were resisting. Oh, you're not taking happy from us. Meantime, they're mm-hmm. saying happy is not so happy. He's banging his right. head up against the cage. Right. And poor happy is not so happy. But, Jeannie, mm-hmm. I, I promise I'll follow up on that. In fact, oh, great. Thank uh, in, you. In fact, we will uh, ask my wife, Nancy, the hit hour of all the hours I've done tonight is definitely the animal welfare hour with our animal welfare expert here at WABC, Nancy Sliwa, who, by the way, we learned proof positive today, did vote, did vote, not for Curtis Sliwa for mayor, right? She's my wife. But while I'm arguing... With the incorrigibles, ineffective, uh, corrupt board of election officials at my polling location that consists of both Democrats and Republicans, she did a write-in vote for Gizmo Sliwa. And that's how we knew it was her. Because nobody would have called the little kitten Gizmo Sliwa other than Nancy Sliwa. And we co-busted her tonight, didn't we, guys? We co-busted her. So do we have any ignoramuses here who are going to try to uh, score uh, $1,000 uh, in one minute with 10 questions? Oh, Andrew. The Other Side of Midnight presents... It's the $1,000 Minute. Answer 10 questions correctly in one minute, and you could win $1,000. Here's your host, Frank Murano. You wish... Because this host is going to kabong you. Hey, Andrew in Long Island, uh, are you up for this, Andrew? Yeah, I'm up for it. All right, uh, try, try to talk into the phone, not like you're in some kind of tunnel. You think you could work on that, Andrew? Yeah, okay. I can work on it. All right, all right. You work hard. You work hard. Heavy lifting here. These are really brain buster questions. What day of the week is it? Monday now. Okay, good, good. In what city did Chicago-style pizza originate? <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> stop, stop. Give him some time here. I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing hysterically because these are the questions for the Frank Morano listeners. This is not, you know, beat Bernie in the 9 o'clock hour when Sid Rosenberg and Bernie are on. I mean, those are brain busters. Okay, let's restart the timing mechanism here. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready, Andrew? Yeah, I'm All right, ready. I've composed myself. What is the name of the organization that I founded? Uh, Guardian Angels. Very good, okay. In the Pixar logo, what letter gets crushed by the bouncing lamp? Uh, I don't know, that, but why? You know, I'll, I'm going to give it to him because he's been very patient. You know, let's face it. This is a Frank Morano listener. I'm going to give it to him. In Danish, what toy brick company's name means play well? I don't know. Play, 
Lego. I, I, Lego. 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 Play well. Let me ask you another question. The current most liked picture on Instagram is of what? A female? Well, it should be. But remember, nowadays, come on, Andrew, it's not like when you and I were growing up, right? We were chasing skirts. Now, these hipsters and millennials, they're too busy on the computer. They're too busy, you know, uh, posting their Instagram posts. They don't have time to have that vicarious interest that we had that was natural to our DNA, Andrew. But you do realize, Andrew, you're not you're not getting a thousand dollars. No, of course not. I tell you what, though, you know, uh, Mr. Big Stuff, who does he think he is? Frank Morano promised tchotchkes, and he got two of them right. You know, he knew what day of the week it is. It's Monday. He knew in what city Chicago style pizza originated. I thought you'd get a big kick out of that one, Curtis. <laughs> oh, my God. Andrew, stay on the line. Uh, please phone screener. you got to take his information. we got to send him some kind of a tchotchke. I- I'm sure Frank Morano has some tchotchke, you know, like a cheap pen, uh, you know, a keychain. God only knows. With all the clutter that Frank Morano has over the years... All the times he'd lose at those casinos, all those games of chance, and they would give him like little tchotchkes, you know, feeling sorry for him as he would pound the hound back to Staten Island, you know, over the outer bridge crossing, and they would dump him uh, right near the ferry, and then he'd have to work his way back on a bus. Oh, my God, have you ever done that? Well, that's Frank. That's Frank. Let, let's, let, let me be somewhat gracious to him. He is a brand-new father with Carmine. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Oh, get ready. Coming up, your 15 seconds of infamy. Yeah, you'll really stretch the limits of intelligence on this one. Your 15 seconds of infamy. I know you're all getting ready. It's sort of modus charged up. I'm going to flash to you the Indianapolis checker flag of the Indianapolis 500. And if you're, you're able to win, you get to drink... Whole milk, not 1% milk, not lactate, not 2% milk, a bottle of whole milk. 1-800-848-9222. Now, it's interesting. We're focused on this horrible crime that was committed against a student at Columbia University, a teacher. What is crazy uh, gangbanger here? What's his name here? Vincent Pickney. He's got a record like uh, 500 Scott Tissue Papers long. He decided to go on a slashing spree right near the campus. So he stabs over and over the Columbia graduate student before plunging a knife into another guy's back and chest, then rushed into Central Park and tried to stab someone else. And now everybody is saying, oh, about Columbia, oh, this is this is a Shonda, this is a horror Columbia University has one of the worst crime and safety records in the nation, according to the stacks that are kept of major universities. You remember, what was it, two years ago, Tessa Majors, 18, was a student at Columbia's Barnard College, was stabbed to death 
also in Morningside Park. At Columbia University, it's the best students in the world. You have to protect them. Why? Excuse me. Why do they get better treatment than anybody else in this lawless town where predators rule the streets, the subways, and the parks? I mean, let's be real here. Columbia University costs a lot of money when parents send their kids there. What is Columbia University doing? Nothing. And if you don't mind, I'd like to digress and go back to my campaign for mayor that only like one-third of you determined I was worth voting for. One of my standard platform planks was that I wanted three institutions to pay property taxes that presently don't pay property taxes. Columbia University, it sits on an endowment of $11 billion. NYU, that sits on an endowment of $4 billion. And the Hazari, the pig of all pigs, Jimmy Dolan, who owns Madison Square Garden, which is part of Penn Station, which is crime central. There's a stabbing, a shooting, a robbery that's occurring on a regular basis there. Now think of it. All three of those institutions do not pay property taxes. So I'm going to have to scrape your mindset, remind you what I said during the campaign, because I knew they were deadbeats, slackers, and weren't paying their fair share. And you would think with all the crime problems that have existed up in Morningside Park, in and around Columbia University, and I'm going to cite them, all the problems that occur at Penn Station, in and around Madison Square Garden, on a regular basis, and all the crimes that are committed in Washington Square Park in Greenwich Village, right in front of NYU, you think that they need to pay their fair share? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. WABC. You're hearing things. You're hearing things. On 77 WABC. This Connie Francis. Mommy. Now you can play it. I love Connie Francis. I really do. She was the best. Now some say she was born in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. That's what I say. But the cognoscenti said she was born in Newark, New Jersey. I say it was Crown Heights. What say you, ladies and gentlemen? Give me a little more Connie Francis. 1 800 848 9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I'll never forget. It was 1991, 92 in that area. I'd just broken into WABC talk radio with my wife, Lisa, at the time. forget, what was she? My first wife, second second wife. And it was angels in the morning. And a bouquet arrived of flowers. For me, not for Lisa. For me. Lisa was very suspicious at that moment. She looked at the little card. It was from Connie Francis to me. That's right, guys. Eat your heart out. 
Connie Francis, every Italian grandmother or mother had wished that their son, their Mama Luke's son, who wouldn't leave the house at 35 or 45, would have met Connie Francis and would have married her. God. See, notice I didn't cut off that song. Hey, you could play a lot of Christmas songs by Connie Francis. I swoon. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But let's get back to the Curtis Sliwa. We be thugging update. You like that? The we be thugging update having to do with all the crime, the chaos, the anarchy, and the total lack of law and order that exists in our city of New York. Because Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, has single-handedly destroyed this city that we love with a Miley, Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. Let me give you the stats about Columbia University. Again, they pay no property tax whatsoever. Columbia reported 412 safety incidents in 2019, the last year for which such data is available. 420, close to 420 crimes committed on campus. Major crimes such as murder, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, or arson comprise 15% of the incidents reported at Columbia. Violence against women went up 9, make that 10% at Barnard. And all of a sudden, people were leaving signs out after this murder spree. Clean up our neighborhood. Columbia, do something. Well, they could do something. They could a lot more public safety officers. They don't. They could subsidize the NYPD. They don't. So what we got to do is we got to extract from them fiscal pain compliance. Again, they sit on an endowment of $11 billion. What are they going to do with that money? Right? Just count the interest? What are they going to do? Leave Morningside Heights? Go ahead. Leave. They're not leaving. So what they have to do is pay their fair share. In fact, this is what you say to those uh, those wonks at Columbia University, the elite, the people who think they're better than us. They don't have to pay property taxes. You know, let the little people pay property taxes. That's what they think at Columbia University. Dedicate that property tax to the hiring of New York City police officers. So you recruit them, you vet them out, you train them at College Point, you get them out into the streets. Some of them get allocated to the on-campus area of Columbia University, the off-campus area, that whole area of the Upper West Side going down to 110th Street and further up past 125th Street. That property tax money should subsidize the hiring, the vetting, and the training of new police cadets coming out of College Point. Second, look at Penn Station. Every day, it's like the March of Dawn of the Dead, not the March uh, of the Wooden Soldiers, you know, the Christian classic. Oh, no, no, no. It's the March of the Zombies, the Dope Fiends, those who are emotionally disturbed, the homeless, they're everywhere. Jimmy Dolan isn't paying any of his millions of dollars to subsidize public safety. He's only caring about that property that is immediately kissing the lip of the property line of Madison Square Garden. And he wants us to subsidize a building of a brand new Madison Square Garden. Guess what, Jimmy Dolan, over my dead body? 
What I would have done if I had been elected mayor was tell Jimmy Dolan, no more sweetheart deals that was arranged by Ed Koch years ago. Not for your family. You didn't know Madison Square Garden and Radio City Music Hall, the Knicks or the Rangers or anything else at that point. It was another group of owners that threatened to move Madison Square Garden to Secaucus. How did that work out for the Nets, huh? So, hey, Jimmy Dolan, you want to move to Secaucus? Go ahead, knock yourself out. But one thing you're going to do is pay your fair share of property taxes so that we can hire, train, vet out NYPD police officers, graduate them from the academy at College Point, and assign them within a four-square block area of Penn Station, which is dominated by the traffic in and out of Madison Square Garden. And then, of course, you have NYU. Look how many problems were occurring over the summer in Washington Square Park. Every other day and night there was chaos. There was anarchy. You had the Rastafari. They were dealing their ragweed, you know, with their seeds and stems and ripping off everybody. There were guys and gals shooting up right there, passing out, dying, dying. They couldn't get the Narcon to them fast enough. And then all kinds of fights and disputes that were going on there. It was chaotic. There was anarchy. They had community meetings. And then outsiders would come in and say, hey, stay out of the park. Doesn't matter that you're a resident of Greenwich Village. It's our park. Whose park? Our park. Whose park? Our park. So you would think NYU sitting on an endowment of $4 billion. What are they going to do with that money? When you die, are you going to take it with them? Of course or not. They should be forced, again, since they pay no property taxes, to pay a specified property tax that would go into the hiring, the vetting out, and the training of a brand new class of NYPD cadet police officers at College uh, Point. And then they get assigned to the Greenwich Village area. Wow. That makes too much common sense, right? God forbid we apply common sense. Pay your fair share, Columbia University, you know. You want all the security that the taxpayers of New York can afford you. And then all of a sudden you complain that you're not properly secure. Well, that's because you haven't ponied up and paid your property tax. Jimmy Dolan, you're always complaining about the lack of security in the Penn Station, Madison Square Garden area. And you're threatening to leave. Knock yourself out. Go ahead, leave. But pay your fair share of property taxes. And NYU, you bought up like half Half of Greenwich Village, which is off the property tax rolls, you should be taxed. And that money hires NYPD police officers that can patrol the nearby subway stations, of which there are many, starting at West 4th Street, all the way down to Sheridan, down to the number one train, down towards Houston Street, up towards 14th Street. Pay your fair share. Now, hopefully, incoming Mayor Eric Adams will see things my way. Probably not. Because that was actually an idea originally floated by Andrew Yang. Although he just wanted to tax Columbia and NYU and Madison Square Garden. He didn't have a specified uh, route for that money to be used. I have the specification of hiring more police officers. They have crime in and around their areas. And yet they want more resource from the NYPD, a depleted NYPD that many of their students and graduates actually supported the defunding of the police, right? Look at a lot of these brainiacs and wonks who wrote the editorials, who participated in the demonstrations, who wanted to defund the NYPD. And now because some of their own students are attacked, 
What do they want? More cops, more cops, more cops. Well, guess what? To the back of the line, unless you pay your fair share of property taxes. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Coming up, you're not going to want to miss it. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. 77 WABC, where the action is. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. Am I going to take this Amboni down uh, to the uh, New York Ranger ice with this music? What the hell is this? Another Connie Francis song. Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. It's magnificent. It's Connie Francis. I love Connie Francis, and she loved me. You know, my wife, Lisa, at the time, I think, thinks that she was snacking on me and I was snacking on her. Could you believe that? Could you believe that? That my wife at that time would think that I would be hitting up on Connie Francis and she'd be hitting up on me simply because she sent a bouquet of roses to me with a nice little card filled out with little kisses on it, Connie Francis. You know, some of these women, they're obsessed. They think that if a woman looks at you, all of a sudden you're snacking on them, they're snacking on you. Before we go to the 15 seconds of infamy that all of you lust to have, but few can achieve. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let me talk about what's going on in jolly old England. Oh, yes, Boris Johnson. Now tell me that Boris Johnson doesn't look like a cocaine addict. The hair is flying all in the directions. His eyes are bulging out. So what Boris Johnson has decided to do is to declare war on recreational drugs, especially cocaine. You know, from the Medellin, the Cali cartel, the remnants of Pablo Escobar. So apparently... The senior MPs in Parliament are considering a move after an investigation found traces of cocaine at 11 out of 12 sites tested throughout Parliament. A bathroom close to the private offices of Boris, check out my hair, Johnson, and the Home Secretary were among those where signs of illegal cocaine use were discovered. The common speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, said he would notify the police at New Scotland Yard after the discovery in the toilets in the palace building itself and the adjoining house where many MPs have their offices. The House of Commons has a long history of using sniffer dogs to detect explosives. It may be that we now have to broaden the range of sniffer dogs to include those who can detect cocaine. cocaine. It comes as the Prince Minister unveils a new clampdown on lifestyle drug use, threatening to confiscate the passports and the driving licenses of middle-class users. <laughs> the place is tested with drug wipes in the sweeps, 
are only accessible to those with a parliamentary pass or visitors allowed in who have to be accompanied around the building by the person they are meeting. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, with the crazy hair, today hit out at lifestyle users of Class A's by people who thought they were committing a victimless crime only by dabbling on the weekends into sniffing cocaine. He said he wanted to bring in measures that interfere with their lives as he accused them of being complicit in driving up drug-related crime across the U.K. In fact, Boris Johnson, with his hair flying in the air, distinguished between addicts and social users of drugs. He said government resources will also be made available to help wean addicts off heroin, crack, and other hard drugs. But his war... It's on cocaine, cocaine, that he says is rife in the House of Commons, being used by both Tories and Labour. And yes, even in the House of Lords with the esteemed gentlemen there who are from royal gentry. So in order to crack down, he says he will take away their passports and their driving licenses. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Well, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, you ought to look at yourself in the mirror. You look like a cocaine addict. I mean, this guy is all wired up. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. If you seek your 15 seconds of infamy, if you dare. Meantime, back here in North America, the former colonies of the U.K., And Boris Johnson is licking his chops saying, gee, I could have been the prime minister of not just the UK. That includes Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and Britain. But I could have been prime minister of Canada, too, and the United States. If only the Union Jack had waved loud and proud over both those land masses. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. But check out this this, uh, search with a spectrometer. Apparently, spectrometers have been used on currency in both Ottawa, Canadian currency, and in Washington, D.C., with American currency. Nearly nine out of ten bills circulating in the U.S. and its northern neighbor, Canada, are tainted with cocaine. Nine out of ten. That's right. Definite research indicates What's more, researchers were surprised to find hints that more Americans are using cocaine than ever before. 67% of U.S. bills were found to be tainted with cocaine. 67% of our paper currency. 85 to 95% a jump of roughly 20% as we approach 2022. The drug gets on paper money during drug transactions, and when people roll the bills to snort their coquina powder, that who knows they have on a woman's navel, they have on a desktop, God only knows where. And apparently in the countries of Brazil and China and Japan, the problem is nowhere near as great. In fact, China and Japan have a very minimal amount of cocaine uh, dust that has been left on its currency But Brazil keeps growing in terms of the amount of cocaine that is found on its currency over the years. 
I wonder how many uh, of you guys in the control room are going to get a buzz by now sniffing the currency you have in your pockets. You know, the $1 bills, $5 bills, $10 bills, $20 bills, $100 bills, uh, $50 bills. I bet you you would. But I think it's time for us to go immediately to all of those who are trying to declare infamy by calling up the Frank Morano show, lame as many of them will be. In the normal course of talk radio, I would consider 60 seconds, 30 seconds maybe, I would truncate it in half to 30 seconds. But because so many of you are special ed out there, the recommendation of Frank Morano, who again is milking the paternity train, every nickel, dime, and penny he can get by laying up like a, a deadbeat and a slackered, collecting the money, running off to Atlantic City on the weekends and pretending like he's taking care and helping Rachel take care of their now 16-pound-year-old son, Carmine. Let's go to the calls to see if you have achieved Other infamy. Side of midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Let's see, as I go through this panoply of different callers, it's a lot of uh, testosterone here. Not much estrogen. We need the ladies to be calling in. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Victor in Manhattan. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, Victor. You know, when asked what MAGA means, Ocasio-Cortez, without hesitation, responded, Make make Antarctica gentrified again. Make Antarctica gentrified again. Man, that was so bad. What's so typical of a Frank Morano listener and caller? Let's go to Lauren calling from New Jersey. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, Lauren. To the ABC family, please encourage Bernie to get a second opinion before he does anything with Dr. Lederman. Please. Thank you. Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know what she's talking about. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222 as we await the opportunity for you to get on the wires of AT&T and achieve infamy. Peter in Manhattan, your turn to be heard, Pete. Yes, uh, Curtis, you don't, you, it's bad, in bad taste to make fun of people with speech impediments. That guy is bright, bright. He has a speech impediment. You have a lot of frailties, human frailties. I guess it's where you grew up at. You never learned that people with disabilities should be respected. Thank you. Oh, that was short, quick, cogent, and quite to the point. Unlike Peter, who's been a lifetime caller here, like Tom from the Bronx. Anyway, Joe in Ronkonkoma, your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you. Hey, sweetheart. Listen, I take offense when you say special ed callers. And I want to also ask you a question. Where's Frankie Russo? Uh, you know something? All I know is Frank Morano. And he was last seen in Harris on Saturday night shooting craps. Losing his shirt. All he had left was his pants when he pounded the hound across the outer bridge crossing back to Staten Island, the North Shore, right by the ferry terminal, and then had to take a city bus home. That's how bad it gets. Anyway, to the phones we go. It's Paul calling from New Haven. Your 15 seconds of fame awaits you, Paul. 
hey, when Rush Limbaugh died, how could this James Goldwyn piece of crap, Uncle Tom, make money off of Rush's death? Uh, uh, what are you talking about? I've known uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, for a long, long time. He's a lifelong friend of Rush Limbaugh. Not only a colleague in talk radio, being his phone screener and assistant producer, but a lifelong friend. See, what a disgraziata. Let's go to John in the Bronx. It's your turn. Fifteen seconds of infamy awaits you, John. And Curtis Miller, your fifteen minutes of fame is up. Now you can go back and finish high school. Maybe I should go to East East New York uh, Night School, right? Which many of the Frank Morano uh, listeners were graduates of. Let's go to Kevin in Long Island. Your fifteen seconds of infamy awaits you, Kevin. Sizzle moron, sizzle moron, sizzle moron. God. What can we do to sort of raise the standards of the callers and the listeners other than just send a tsunami, you know, just wipe them out and start from scratch? You know, it's reflective of the host. The listeners and the callers, they're almost a knocker. You know, it's like, hey, your son is a chip off the old block, like Carmine's a chip off of Frank's uh, block. The callers and listeners are a chip off of Frank Morano's block. Boy, that's a shrinking block, isn't it? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike in Staten Island. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, Mike. Hey, uh, Curtis, how do you think Fredo's testosterone is now that he's on the cheese line with his brother? When in Woodside, Dino and Promotion for Dino's in Woodside, right? Does a guy get a perk for that? Does he get, like, a free uh, liverwurst sandwich, you know? Or maybe a ginger ale, you know, 7-Up, something, Canada Dry. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Your 15 seconds of fame awaits you, Steve, in Woodlawn. Curtis, I just want to say, Curtis, that here you are uh, writing about the prime minister. And all night you've been sitting on... The cream cheese shortage, Curtis. Excellent analogy. Yes, we started uh, the evening program in the 9 o'clock hour as I talked about what is really causing a lot of agita, especially amongst Jews, the lack of the shmir on the bagel. There is a Philadelphia cream cheese shortage. We heard from a lot of cognoscenti of how they would not switch to Mazzola margarine and have a crown on their head. Or uh, Land Lakes Butter. They would not. It's either cream cheese or bust. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Rick uh, for your 15 seconds of infamy in Tom's River. Rick. Good morning. How are you today? You know, Curtis, when you were married to Lisa Evers, I knew her dad. He loved to play golf in Paramus, in the Paramus Golf Course on Paramus Road. And he lived a block away from the Richwood Duck Pond. Can't even understand what the guy was talking about. He knew my father-in-law at that time, uh, who happened to be an executive at, I think, American Can, if uh, memory serves me correct. He lived in Ridgewood, right near the Duck Pond. He was a great guy. Uh, I got along with uh, Lisa's brothers. They were all great. I just didn't get along with Lisa. 
1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Oh, let's go to the Cheech in Howard Beach. Your 15 seconds of fame awaits you, Cheech. Raise the ratings of WABC. Bring back Frankie Russo. Frankie, Frankie. We got Frank Morano. I don't understand what we're talking about here. Frank Morano. He's on paternity leave. After he helps his wife, Rachel, raising Carmine, who's gone from 13 pounds to 16 pounds in just 10 days. I'm sure he'll be back in a month of Sundays. Anyway, you get 15 seconds of infamy that awaits you. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to William in Westchester. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, William. Hey, Curtis, you're doing a great job. When your buddy does come back, I suppose he's going to find that you've got the Monday through Friday slot, and he's got the weekend from now on. Interesting observations. How cogent of you, William. That he would think this uh, that I'm like uh, roller derby. You know, I got sharp elbows, like Charlie O'Connell. Remember? Well, well, what team did Charlie O'Connell play for? The San Francisco Thunderbirds, you remember? Roller Derby. And he would come all the way from the back, all the way to the front. And he would get by everybody in the game. The game, the match would be to the San Francisco Thunderbirds, I believe. Or maybe that was the wine I was drinking at the time, Thunderbird wine. It was like 99 cents uh, Julio and Gallo chemical wine. Yeah, it came right from the vineyards there. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, Raj. That war-mongering Sisi Khan of a provocateur who calls Babbitt a terrorist should debate a real Republican conservative, not a softy like Curtis. Enough of this. Enough of this. This is a real mind uh, bender and breaker. I mean, we're really we're not talking Mensa here. We're not talking. Well, wait, well, maybe we'll give a few a few others a chance. Maybe we can raise the curve here because the curve is pretty low. It seems to be scraping the asphalt and the sidewalk. Oh, let's see. We'll give Howie a try. Your 15 seconds of fame awaits you in Manhattan, Howie. Hey, what's up? DJ Kosher Howie here. Now I can walk around doing graffiti in Manhattan because you're not going to be the mayor anymore. And I'm a George Norrie listener. Yep, that's it. Oh, coast to coast, huh? He likes those little gray aliens running around. He's old school, man. He's old school. Let's go to Rich in Rockland County. Your 15 seconds of infamy awaits you, Rich. Okay, I want to just talk to Miss Freeman. I want to tell them I also am a fan, a biggest fan of Connie Francis. And I met her. Oh, can I talk to Paris? Oh, God, what a gavon. What a gavon. Can I talk to Curtis? Who do you think is here? Do I sound like Frank Morano? Can we try one more? One, one more, right? Let's see if we can break like the 50, 50 cent mark. You know, this is like social promotion. You got 55 on your test, and through social promotion, they just pushed you to the next class. Let's try Raj in uh, Connecticut. Your 15 seconds of fame awaits you, Roger. Yes, 
I'd like to know uh, about the uh, 17-year-old that was uh, caught with a knife, and what's a 17-year-old doing with $30,000 in cash? Ah, you mean in the school systems of New York? Uh, that was in Brooklyn. Actually, it was a loaded gun and $30,000 in cash. And then the very next day, school security of the public school system under the supervision of the NYPD did an impromptu series of uh, screenings of the students coming in by bringing in metal detectives that should have been there all along and they found 22 separate weapons just on one day during one search, a pat-down, and screening everybody's book bags. 22 weapons. Speaking of weapons, um, uh, what was the spokesperson for the White House talking about when it came to the smash-and-grab crimes that are plaguing parts of our country? What was their response to that? So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean. Do you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Unbelievable. Why she would say something like that. And yet with all the smash and grab robberies taking place, especially in Cali, Cali, in California on the West Coast, between San Francisco and Los Angeles, they have done study after study within the past two two weeks to suggest that the increase in the organized crime smash and grabs since the pandemic is the result. Now get this, because there are more people shopping online and criminals, thugs and thugettes, are seeing an opening to sell both stolen and counterfeit goods Because there's a bigger market. So they're doing this so they can throw it up on eBay, Facebook Marketplace. Wrong. You know, it has to do with them decriminalizing robberies, which they've done throughout California. Shoplifting is not considered serious at all. Other nonviolent crimes are prosecuted as if they are misdemeanors or just violations. And in-store theft is not even treated as an arrestable offense. So here you go. You got all these states like California, they lead and others have followed, raising the felony thresholds for shoplifting, eliminating cash bail for nonviolent crimes, decriminalizing theft in some jurisdictions, fewer arrests, fewer prosecutions, which leads to what? More stealing, more smashing grabs. And then they come to the conclusion that it might only be at the street level, stating that professional thieves likely would not go to stores such as Versace and Louis Vuitton, robberies that draw more attention from law enforcement. They couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. So, ladies and gentlemen, I had a tremendous time segueing from Curtis Lewa when I was here at 9 o'clock last night. To then Nancy Sliwa, who gave us the Animal Welfare Review, magnificent job from 12 to 1, and then somehow morphed into Frank Morano, the Mameluke, from 1 right here to 5. They wouldn't let me do the news my way, the prejudice way, so it's up to Deb Valentine to take you the rest of the way.